What's up, motherfuckers? You are listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 73. And on this week's show, it's a big one. We are covering Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, as well as the new film from Trey Edward Schultz, Hoives. And last but not least, the new Noah Baumbach Netflix original, Marriage Story. Got some bangers on this one. Should be an interesting convo. But first things first, let me introduce my guests, the same ones you know and love. Travis, welcome to the show. Hello. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. Yeah? Super Bowl champ, fantasy football, 2019. You're looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a high roller league, isn't Pretty it? Pretty hyped. Um, well, not necessarily. It's just a $20 buy-in, but 14 no. teams, so... Ah, bigger pool than quick maths. Nice little prize. Yeah, Yeah. couple hundred. First time I've won, and this is the league where got some tryhards in there. Is it winner takes all, or what's the deal? I think I'm taking home 180. Mm. Mm, Pretty good. Pretty good. But it feels good beating people who obsess over fantasy football. Yeah. So all the people (laughs) pushed you down when you were a kid. Now I'm on the I'm on the all time leaderboard. It's like running since like 2008 or something like that. All-time leaderboard in terms of what, like, season the, points scored? The league I'm in, like the, you know, the, what's it called? Your name's on the trophy. Like the Is that what you're trying to say? the wall of champions, essentially, yeah. The mm-hmm. invisible one. The one that doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> but I won, so I'm hyped. Seahawks did not. Maybe you should create a website with the banners and add yourself. No, it's all just within the league. It's, that's too much. <laughs> Hmm. Make your own website. Just go to WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> Make my, a website for yourself. My fantasy football page. <laughs> see all my past stats. and It's on your business card. Standings. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, TravisThrowsBombs.com. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Tom talking. We went uh, about two minutes without uh, saying his name. But Hello. Tom, you're back. Oh, sorry. I thought I was doing my intro. I was just... Just <laughs> went right into it. <laughs> you guys are both coming in hot for this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Travis is riding a bolt of lightning, and uh, Matt's on something. We're not sure what yet, but we'll find out soon. It's c- cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Derived from the cuckoo leaf. I'm just uh, I'm just riding riding the Star Wars wave. I saw mm. it this morning, so feelings very, are fresh. Very curious. Feelings are very fresh right now. I can um, see you pulling a a Matt Last Jedi viewing one or a Last Jedi. <laughs> <two>. <laughs> it's one or the other. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later, but. Uh, First things first, anything you guys want to mention? Anything big been going on? Tom, you were in Vegas recently, weren't you? Mm, oh, yeah. How was that? Uh, it was good. It's a long week, you know, just kind of being on the ball all the time. Stuff, lots or? of conference rooms, lots of talking meetings. Did it was you, fun. Did you test my oxygen in the casinos theory? Uh, how was I supposed to test it? Get Try and get really drunk in a casino? see if it worked oh um no i didn't try to test that but i did hear some other people talking about that just overheard it in an elevator the oxygen in the casino just like thing. randos talking about it yeah just randos it's everywhere some some bro bros that were out out on the town for the week i was very jealous of them it's <laughs> like wow did you get a chance to do much of your own 
Uh, not really. I mean, I saw a couple of the sites, but like I was in in and out of probably six of those hotels all week, and I hardly saw like anything. Like I heard that the Venetian has a really cool shopping center with like a river and like a man-made river inside and stuff like that. Didn't get to see any of that. I didn't get to see the volcano explode. I don't remember which hotel that's at. Maybe Planet Hollywood. The volcano? Yeah, there's a volcano that explodes on a time loop, just like the Bellagio Fountains. <coughs> I did see the Bellagio Fountains because I was staying at Paris, Las Vegas, which is across the street. So that was convenient. That's there's, where you were staying? Yeah. That's a nice hotel. Yeah, it's all right. I think it's probably on the middle to lower tier of hotels there. Do you think so? Yeah, the Venetian. The Venetian, the Venetian was, is like one of the nicest. Was way nicer. The Aria, maybe. Um, yeah, that's a nice one. The Win and um, Encore looked pretty nice from the outside. They look, they looked the coolest in my opinion. But they were, they're like at the end of the strip. They're kind of out of the way. I didn't go in them. Um. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was fun. My first time. Uh. I was in Vegas for about five minutes before two women in uniform wearing uh fishnet stockings. Said, "Oh, you look like a naughty boy. You ever, you ever been handcuffed or something? Like I don't know what it was." <laughs> so is I was this like, at the oh, okay, this is, is this like no, no, this is out. just on the strip. Uh, like, literally, I'd been there for about five minutes. I dropped off my bag, and then I, I went to just go waste some time. Um, fresh meat, fresh meat. Yeah, I don't know how they knew. Maybe it was the backpack. <laughs> um, yeah, Vegas was weird." Really weird. It's a strange it's, place. It's not as, um, like, I could totally have a bunch of fun there with the guys, you know? <laughs> Whatever group of guys that might be. But um, but on a work trip, like, it just... None of the, the floors, like the gambling floors, are nearly as glamorous looking as they are in movies, you know? I don't know. Some like the, the poker tables cool. and stuff. They just look a little bit like old, you know, things haven't been refurbished in a long time. Well, you picture like dapper dudes in suits. Exactly. With, like eye candy and but, tight red dresses. No, but but no, looks it's like, like shit. It's like some big white dude with a porn stash and suspenders. Like. And the cigar that he bought. Yeah. <laughs> inside. Yeah. Um, It was funny. It was interesting. It's a very interesting place. Yeah. Yeah. I will be back many times, I'm sure. Let's <laughs> go to Raiders game. So many conferences there. Let's go to Raiders game. I meant for work. Oh. I thought you meant like, to have fun. <laughs> I thought you wanted to have a good time. <laughs> no, I don't know. You said any group of guys, so. I'll go. Yeah, any I group. I fit the bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, anything else uh, going on with you, Tom? No, not really. I mean, um, let's see. Vinny's five months now. That's oh. crazy. He's much more um, uh, needy in terms of attention. Yeah. Like, you know, Thanksgiving, he was just surrounded by family, and they were just ogling him the whole time, right? And I, the the next week, I was like, I think we might have. We ruined him. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> now he Overexposed. needs it all the time. <laughs> And uh, his sleep schedule is different now. He sleeps way less during the day, and he's he's got really like way longer, um, dramatically longer awake periods. So it's like trying to keep him entertained for two and a half, three hours, not an easy task. But still fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit of an adjustment period. Yeah, gotta keep you on your toes, make things interesting. 
Yeah, they're interesting. Just like Vegas. Just like Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Travis? What's going on? Not much. Just been chilling. This has just been a slow, a slow quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Switched video games. <laughs> yeah, now you're back to Overwatch, right? Yeah, Apex is dead. We tried playing last night, and God, I was getting angry. Really? It's just too sweaty out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bad. We got one one win. We did. We snuck one out. Probably about twenty top threes. Well, if that's how you feel Third. about Apex, I hear Siege is like. You gotta put in like thirty hours Ugh. just to even get like I know I don't think... at all confident in it. Well, and I don't think that's with Apex. Happen. I've just lately it's just been a lot of looting and traveling. <laughs> Not enough fighting. Not enough action. Why don't you just Overwatch? Be a dumbass? You're just in the thick of it. Just yeah, it's great. Overwatch is a lot of fun. I don't know why I gave up on it. <laughs> I don't know, man. So we'll we'll see what happens. To Apex. High hopes for season four. That is the one year anniversary of Apex, so could be big things. Could be could be huge. Huge. Couple yeah. new legends maybe. Could drop two. No, they'll only do one. They're lame. Two could be fun. <laughs> I want like a crossover thing, like with more you know, fighting games will have like Michael Myers yeah. as a playable character. I wanna have you like want Goku and Apex? Yes. Oh <laughs> or something. That would be dope. That would get me back. That would get me interested. John Wick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like they tried to make uh, Crypto kind of the John Wick type guy, but it didn't happen. Crypto sucks. I've never I even, haven't even played Asm. Not missing anything. Apex is dead. Long live Call of Duty. Officially, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I don't really have anything either. It's mostly just been... Just getting ready for Christmas, Saving right? money, spending money, you know, all that good stuff, hanging out. Cramming. I watch a lot of stuff. I won't talk about all of it, but not much been pretty fucking boring around these parts, so mm. not much to say. Is that gonna do it for intros? I'm fucking ready. We I wanna do this. Movie stuff we gotta to talk. Do, so. I gotta we gotta get into Star Wars, let's baby. Let's do it. Alright, well let's do it. We're gonna kick things off with Star Wars episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. I believe we have a clip. Let's listen. Now, the first one was completed and fully operational before the Rebels destroyed it. We'll blow it up. Give credit where credit's due. And the second one was still being built when they blew it up. Compliments of Lando Calrissian. Something just never sat right with me that second time around. I could never put my finger on it, but something just wasn't right. And you figured it out. The first Death Star was manned by the Imperial Army. The only people on board were stormtroopers, dignitaries, Imperials. Basically. So when they blew it up, no problem. Evil's punished. And the second time around? The second time around, it wasn't even done being built yet. It was still under construction. So? So a construction job of that magnitude would require a hell of a lot more manpower than the Imperial Army had to offer. I bet they brought independent contractors in on that thing. Plumbers, aluminum siders, roofers. They're not just Imperials. Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. In order to get it built quickly and quietly, they'd hire anybody that can do the job. Think the average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet main? All they know is killing in white uniforms. All right, so Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is written and directed by J.J. Abrams, also written by Chris Terrio, and uh, there's some other credits on there, but I don't want to click the link because we got to move, forget. move, move. Colin, Colin Trevorrow, yeah, <laughs> I think our he did boy, at least part of it, best known for uh, the Book of Henry. Uh, <laughs> plot synopsis reads: Where'd that thing go? The surviving resistance faces the First Order once more in the final chapter 
of the Skywalker Saga. Film stars in top billing Carrie Fisher, fan service, fan servicey bullshit. Mark Hamill, fan servicey bullshit. <laughs> then Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac. The real stars. Anthony Daniels, fan servicey bullshit. Uh, my boy Dom, Domnal, Domnal Glee baby. <laughs> uh, and Carrie Russell is one of the new uh, one of the new characters. Oh yeah! Don't forget uh, Dominic Monaghan. Dom. Oh yes, from uh, Lost and yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings. You had to. Now he's in both. Yeah. Now, when I'm asked the question, "Do you prefer Lord of the Rings or Star Wars?" I can say, "Well, Dominic Monaghan is in both, so <laughs> I can't pick." It's like telling me to pick a favorite child. Although he is probably my least favorite Hobbit. Yeah, I like I like Pippin more. I don't dislike him. He's fine. Pippin's better. Yeah, Pippin's awesome. I mean, he's no Samwise Gamgee, but while we're picking hobbits, Jesus. it's like the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> like everybody has a ranking of hobbits. Everybody mm-hmm. has a ranking of the Ninja Turtles. Wildly different. Outcomes. Sam, Frodo, Pippin, Mary. But t- turtles are probably more. This is a tangent, but real quick, which, who's your favorite turtle? I don't have a favorite, to be honest. The fuck? I don't Tom? know them that well. It's Raphael. Come on. Is he the pizza one? They're all the pizza mm-hmm. one. Oh. You're thinking the goofy one. You would one. think Michelangelo. Okay. But yeah, Michelangelo is the one with the orange, right? Yeah. All right. Anyway, before we get derailed too much. Who uses the Electra knives? Electra knives? It's Raphael. Oh, that's Raphael. Yeah. He's, too, he's tight. Yeah. Like yeah, he is. Knives. <laughs> daggers. Um, so I feel like most of this conversation should happen in spoiler. So we should give... General impression, but let's not linger. I want to get into the meat of this thing. Because by this point, people who really want to see and would be interested in hearing about our thoughts on Star Wars have probably seen it by the time the episode goes up. And we'll put a disclaimer in everything. So is that cool with you guys? So cool. Pretty quick general and then right into spoilers? Oh, yeah. So okay. chilly, chill. Let's just give our star ratings as the general impression and then we'll do spoilers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So let's let's dive into this review. Um are you guys sheep? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you sheep? Uh, I don't know. Because I feel like, having now seen this movie, you would have to be just a total sucker and a sheep to be on board <laughs> with what happened in this final chapter of the Skywalker saga. Mm. Uh, having said that, Baba, baby, I fucking loved it. I love Star Wars Episode Nine, Hell yeah. Skywalker. Okay, so I didn't necessarily <laughs> love it. I also, yeah, <laughs> but ultimately satisfied. But there was some, definitely some disappointment. There's a lot of things that I would say the movie does wrong. Mostly yeah. the stuff. That it retcons from The Last Jedi. Because The Last Jedi actually tried to do something interesting with Star Wars. And it pissed off a lot of people. So I feel like this was kind of a response to kind of make things... It ultimately feels way less interesting. But I think I talked about this when when we saw The Last Jedi. The first time I watch a Star Wars movie, I watch it on an emotional level. Not really trying to pick it apart too much. Like I just kind of let it happen to me. And with The Last Jedi that experience was a pretty big mix of positive and negative with this. I cried like four times. 
I recognized the issues as they came up, but I was just so like, it just there's just something about Star Wars that just makes me feel like a giddy little kid. You know what I mean? And this movie did that for me. It's a little too much in a lot of ways. Uh, and I feel like if I watch this movie again, I'm going to like it significantly less. But on a first watch, I was very, very surprised. I thought I was going to come in hot. Yeah. Hating this. Hating so did this I. I thought you were going to be... <laughs> Doing the whole Last Jedi, like, what the fuck did JJ do? There are a lot of issues which we can get into in spoilers, <laughs> but sucks. just on an emotional level, I was You gotta very forgive some of them. I've, I've, I found this movie emotionally <coughs> vacant in many respects. I did not have the same emotional reaction to it. I don't well. So what do you? So when I say emotional react, I mean I did cry, but more so just I didn't think they did the emotions well enough. Is what I'm saying. Like there are a couple parts that are good. Um, Adam Driver, his performance is good as oh, yeah. it always is, and Daisy really too. I think yeah, is Daisy awesome. was good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, and still like toward the end, you know, there are a couple things that for me just like weren't earned. Yeah, I like the way that. A lot of the the big plot, um, just in terms of like what happens with the, the Jedi and the Sith, right? The the big plot markers, for the most part, I was on board. I was like, yeah, okay, okay, I like that. But the way that the movie, the movie itself, the way that they get there, the experience of watching that movie, not for me. It's the movie simultaneously is super convoluted and has way too much plot while also not really having much of a story at yeah. all. It's just like the whole movie, it kind of feels like a video game. It's like you have a ton of like MacGuffins where they're just like, we need to go here and get this, so which enables them to go do this. And then so you've already moved on from the thing that you were going. We got to get into like, spoilers already. Let's see. <laughs> Travis. So <this>. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it felt like, you know, here's here's our main quest. Stop the first order. We go off on these little side quests. You meet these new characters who, for the most part, don't really add anything. There's some of them are cool, but you very quickly move on to the next one. You don't spend time. So it felt like a video game in that sense, but it also felt like a video game in the sense of like the scope of it and just like maybe cartoony some of the movie is, but from an entertainment value aspect, I would also compare it favorably to a video game and that it was just like bombastic and super cool colors and the pacing is just like rapid fire which yeah. i think a lot of people think is a negative thing and ultimately maybe it is but too fan it kept servicing. me entertained i mean a lot of that too a lot of fan servicey stuff it did feel very busy but i was thoroughly entertained and like the only part i thought about like the runtime or is this going to end was like basically at the very end i was like well how long is this like you know, like wrap up going to be, is this going to be like return of the King or are we just going to like do a couple little scenes and then call it a day? Um, but yeah, it was very entertaining. So to your point <clears throat> earlier in terms of general impressions, um, what I loved so much about the last Jedi and what I think that movie excelled at and made it interesting in a world that is often not very interesting. Are you is, talking about the Star Wars world? Yes. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Not very interesting. 
Yeah. You can't say that. <laughs> no, you can. No. I think I think the, as a whole episode seven. As a whole. No, I'm talking about the trail I'm talking about episode seven and nine. Oh, okay. And some sometimes like Rogue One and the well, and Solo. Just like ugh, But okay. the Star Wars universe in general is yeah yeah interesting but like we've seen it we've seen we saw we saw uh you know 101 star wars we saw vanilla star wars we're ready for some interesting shit there is so it was such thing as vanilla star Wars. it was (laughs) the metaphysical stuff in the last jedi that i like so much the mirror scene Mm -hmm. the uh the weird connection with um with between kylo and and ray which continues but it's, I think it's maybe even the, a little too much. In yeah, this it's movie. not. It doesn't have the same impact because that was like, oh shit, we've never seen anything like this. This is fun. Um, and then uh, visually, because you mentioned that it looks good, I don't think it hits the same highs that the Last Jedi hits. I think the Last Jedi is a much more artful film. Like I, I, I just watched the Last Jedi with Haley a couple of days ago, Friday, I think, and. There aren't any images in The Rise of Skywalker that I think are going to stay with me, like some of the images in Last Jedi, like the throne room scene. Yes. Uh, the speeders going across the the salt planet with the red dust shooting up, and, mm-hmm. the, and Luke's the, the end the hyperspace of, jump. Yeah. Oh my god, where everything goes silent. Yeah. So this is a way less artful movie but kind of going back to your point i think what tom is trying to say is that the last or uh, the force awakens essentially a retread of a new hope right yeah. same kind of similar things everything is black and white like literally dark. a death star mm-hmm. <laughs> it's but it's a giant death star but you know? i know people love to like say that as like a main criticism for that movie but I still think it, it's an awesome like introduction to these characters and yeah. like setup for this trilogy. I agree. I 100% agree. And then The Last Jedi, the reason why it read me the wrong way the first time is because it's so subversive. Like It takes all these things that you know about Star Wars and tries to undermine them, flip them around, heighten things. Take the black and the white and make it a little bit more gray. There's some moral ambiguity and there's character development and and growth. Not black and white. The what? Red and blue, not black and white. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they they do. That's why I love The Last Jedi so much because it takes this established lore and especially in comparison to Force Awakens, it feels fresh. It feels new. It feels interesting. And then I think the pendulum kind of swings back the other way in rise of Skywalker takes a lot of things that last Jedi did and either outright ignores them or, uh, twists it in ways that are far less interesting than they were when they were established in last Jedi and just repeating some of the same tropes that we got in return of the Jedi and just see a less interesting. I think as a sequel to the last Jedi, it's somewhat disappointing, but as like, a final like installment of this nine film saga and like the end of this Skywalker story. I think it's ultimately satisfying. I, that's how I felt for the most part when I left the theater, I'm kind of like, I'm a couple hours removed from seeing it and I am liking it. I think I'm cooling down on it. Liking it now less. that the emotions have kind of worn off. Yeah. Cause there are, we'll get into this shortly. See, I, I was liking it a bit more as I was sitting with it. Really? Yeah. Because some of the stuff at the end, I really think, is not going to hold up. And I think it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But 
we can get into that uh, shortly here. But um, overall, I mean, just based on the reaction to this movie, both from fans and critics, I kind of think people are being unfair with Me this too. movie. Like, there has been a lot of harsh criticism of rise of skywalker which kind of feels like a response to what happened with the last jedi because there was like a very vocal negative section of the fan base that just like fucking hated the last jedi like i've seen on letterbox people like update their rankings and there are people <laughs> putting rise of skywalker like at or near the bottom yeah which and is it's crazy like, to me <laughs> i don't care what you think about this movie you are a fucking maniac and an idiot if you think this movie is worse than any of the prequels. Shots fired. The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are garbage. Garbage. They're excruciating to watch. Huh? If you think Rise of Skywalker... If you think Rise of Skywalker is worse than Attack of the fucking Clones, you're an imbecile. Like... Have your opinions about The Rise of Skywalker. Is it a perfect movie? No. I don't even care if you hate The Rise of Skywalker. But if you're going to try and tell me that it's worse than The Phantom Menace or uh, Attack of the Clones, I think there's a case to be made with Revenge of the Sith. That's far from a perfect movie. But you're a fucking crazy person. So I won't be... I hope neither of you... Definitely not you, Travis, but I hope you don't think it's worse than the prequels. No, but I haven't seen those movies in forever. I think it's probably like, I don't know, the Revenge of the Sith, even though it's in essentially a bad trilogy, I think it's an awesome like end to that trilogy and like a precursor to four, five, and six. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and there's a lot of like epic moments that like you just want to see pay off as a Star Wars fan. But I think it's like Rise of Skywalker and Revenge of the Sith are probably around the same for me in the rankings. And that's fair. Very I close. Mean, yeah. Revenge of the Sith is number three. Yeah. I have the high ground. Yeah. There was some good shit in that movie. Yeah. yeah. There's also some really bad shit. Yeah, Palpatine is really bad. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get into spoilers. I can't wait anymore. Okay. Do we want to? Should we get our star ratings before we move into spoilers? Oh, I did want to. Just further emphasize his point about, I know Star Wars is precious, but like, I think people just need to like chill out a bit because like, I, I think people try and like view this as like smart sci-fi, like it's like Blade Runner or something, but like it's not. It's not. I mean, and, I think I would argue the Last Jedi is, but yeah, that's the only one that I would call quote unquote but smart. This is a story that spanned over like forty years. It's like been like in and out of george lucas's hands now it's in disney's like i just feel like you kind of have to like take it with the grain of salt and like now we're just going to be overloaded with star wars so like it's already like not feeling special so people need to like just like cool it on it feeling special yeah and i also think it's kind of become a part of this like larger like culture war that we're having where people feel the need to take a side on everything whether it's pop yeah. culture or politics, like there, there's the last Jedi, there's the Ryan Johnson camp and there's a JJ <laughs> Abrams camp. Like everything is so like us versus them that I feel like most Star Wars fans probably liked all these movies. Like yeah. I liked all three of the new movies to varying degrees, liked to loved all three of them. I like Star Wars. I liked all three of the movies. Like I've, I've, it's kind of 
reading all this shit about the rise of skywalker made me think like this is going to be an abomination Same. it's jj abrams taking a shit in ryan johnson's <laughs> mouth and telling him to eat it like that's what i was expecting and i don't think that's, that's what some people's takes yeah like. <laughs> some people think it's like ruined star wars and shit it's like it's it's a fucking star wars it's star wars it's more it's a lot of star wars to be fair but it's more Star Wars. You know I, mean, what I mean, even as I watch like episodes of The Mandalorian, like it's cool, but like it's not. It's it just, just doesn't feel like special. Like no. it's just like, yeah, it's an entertaining, like worthy of my time show. It's in the Star Wars universe, but beyond that, it's it's nothing special. Yeah, well, The Mandalorian is nothing special. Don't no. say Star Wars is nothing special. Well, special to me, damn it! It's not special anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's drop some star ratings and then move into spoilers. I am between a 3.5 and a 4. Me too. <laughs> I think I, for the time being, I'm going to go 4. Light 4. 3. <laughs> See, it's, you know. I, I think a 3, did I give The Last Jedi a 3 or a 3.5 on the first? I think 3.5. Okay. But that's still a slap in the face. You gave Duncan. I was on the wrong side of history on that one, that's for sure. Um, Okay, so let's get into spoilers. If you have not yet seen The Rise of Skywalker, check the show notes, skip ahead. So I want to start with something that is um, spoilery, but uh, relevant kind of to the larger discussion about Star Wars. Okay. Which is, I think that they have a problem with the Sith and anything about the Sith uh, in terms of like deeper than uh, the words unlimited power and just controlling the universe or whatever. It is so unclear. Okay, so in the, in the original trilogy, you just accept the fact that they want to just, just dominate the universe, right? And destroy everything. But They want to bring order to the galaxy. It's kind of as simple okay, as Okay, so that's what they say, right? But then it gets to the point where... Uh, uh, they're in this movie. They're like a billion planet-killing machines, and they're all gonna go blow up basically the entire galaxy in a day. And I'm just like, what is happening here? Like, the Sith are so boring. They're just like pure evil, but nothing. But that's what interesting this whole story about is. it at all. I know, but what I'm saying is. Let go of the preciousness a little bit. Be a little bit creative. Let's have some like nuance to the Sith. Let's have some interesting perspectives come out of Palpatine's mouth, or uh, or you know have some moments with other Sith figures in ghost form or something like that. See, I'm excited for like the future of Star Wars, and I feel like maybe now that Disney or whoever the creators are like have a clean slate, like maybe they can delve into that but like i think for this specific story like the way they did it was just fine and sure there's going to be like some problems but like and i just feel like they were trying to like satisfy on like an overall like nine story arc rather than like because i know like the last jedi was trying to do something different but then it seemed like this one was just like trying to rein that in and like let's finish this first before we like try and change everything and then like you know, we'll see what happens next, I guess. But I don't think what Ryan Johnson did was necessarily radical. Like, as if you if you think about it, 
a big criticism that was lobbied toward The Last Jedi is that the characters were all split up and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at where The Last Jedi ended, everyone is back together. The uh, rebels have got a win under their belt. Rey has realized, like, she's kind of come into her own as a Jedi. Like, from a story perspective, JJ could not have been set up better, really. I mean, everyone's back together. The First Order, they, everyone kind of knows where everyone's at. And then this movie opens, and we know from the trailers that Palpatine is back. But the the opening crawl is like, Emperor Palpatine is back, and he sent a message, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Such you don't even see that. I know it was supposed to be out in of, Fortnite. Out of nowhere. That's how you bring back this huge, like, that's how you no introduce No explanation, just like, oh, well, the, the Dark Force provides some interesting avenues. <laughs> like, cool. Okay. The, this guy's back? Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was it is so kind of, weak. It's kind of weird that he just <laughs> like suddenly appears in this third one of this trilogy, but they do kind of like work it in or excuse it by saying like, "Oh, he's been behind the scenes the whole time." Yeah, but how? You know, they don't even they don't See, even attempt to make the newest trilogy different at all like there's a difference between paying homage and literally telling the same story over again they've already had enough problems with that without bringing back palpatine it's just one giant story of good versus evil palpatine and the skywalker i cannot wait for the next family. trilogy which will end with palpatine he's he's there man it's always been palpatine <laughs> <laughs> It was just the Sith and the Skywalker spreading their seed throughout the galaxy for these nine films. And ultimately, good prevailed. What else did you expect? The good prevailing thing is not the issue I had with what they did with Palpatine. <laughs> the fact that they made... they The last shit I went out of its way, and I thought is one of the coolest things that Star Wars has ever done, by saying Rey, the protagonist, is nothing comes from nothing and it's a subversion of this like bullshit like bloodlines thing like it's in your blood if you're a jedi and the last jedi tried to say no it's not that the force is all around you and anybody can harness it to varying degrees of success and then this movie retcons that which I whatever think it does, like try and have both like i don't think so well there's a character who was trying to uh, say something the whole movie and didn't get the words out <laughs> what finn yeah <laughs> yeah what about him that he's force sensitive i just i just I'm, I'm basically trying to say that i think that it's still it's still not all about the bloodline i think it's trying to say like it can be both but ray was a part of a bloodline when in the last shot, I was alluding to her not being a part of like a special bloodline. Yeah, but I felt like the way that they handled that part of the story was so clumsy. Like, oh, you're my granddaughter. Your parents tried to hide you from me. It's like, when did you have kids? Yes. Who would what? fuck you? Exactly. You fucking gross monster. How did you Hello? let them get away? It's also, All this stuff? the or... timeline. No, I was, I was complaining got, about but... this to Travis. No, no, no. You have to go let ahead, me get this go out. Ahead, go ahead. The when does he have kids? Because in the flashback, when Ray is a baby, you, you guys are right? thinking too hard. Her parents this is look Star like they're Wars, about like and it's thirty. The force. You know, <laughs> so she's got so this is like fifty years, right? But but uh, 
so when did Palpatine have Palpatine like Vin Vader was in power and he was a nasty white and guy? And have a child? No, he cannot. <laughs> yes, do he that. can. He is all being. <laughs> I mean, they were. He was growing fucking Snoke's or whatever. Like they showed yeah. that. Like how like, is Anakin like a, born? Like a fish tank. How with... is Anakin born? I don't remember. Immaculate conception. <laughs> For real? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I literally just watched. Well, that's that's not the Phantom Menace. How was he? Who, who say it? You know the answer, right? Or do say? Do we I, I not don't know? Know if they like say for sure how it was like how he was conceived in Phantom Menace. Is he supposed to be the start of the Skywalker bloodline, Anakin? Because that's the impression that I got. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a given name. Yeah, you can't really have this whole Skywalker Sith thing when Skywalkers have been around for what? Hundred years, and the Jedi have been around for generations and generations. Like, I mean, I like the concept of like they're always being balance and good will rise and evil will rise and that whole thing. And I, I like that aspect of this movie, but it was just the whole Palpatine thing. It just felt like a betrayal of what was established in the Last Jedi. Like, it just neg- I don't want to say it negates it because that doesn't change how powerful that moment was in the last Jedi when Kylo says that, but to just go back around and say Palpatine's granddaughter, that's not satisfying. I don't know. I think like, like I said before, it, it's disappointing as a sequel to last Jedi, but I think as like an end to this nine story arc, it, it makes sense why they'd try and bring Palpatine back. I think that Disney and JJ Abrams caved to the negative backlash and tried to make things as like star warsy as possible <laughs> like this movie doesn't really take any risks any risks i can't think of a single risky thing this movie does nobody dies which except is for that which that, is fine that chubby pilot well yeah so there's it's like the only person i can think of who died <laughs> those There's those emotional moments leia dies she we knew she, she already died die. everybody knew she well, was gonna die <laughs> so that's that's actually an interesting thing to bring up because I uh, there's another big character who dies towards the end too. Oh, Kylo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was good. He should die. He so should die. Was the only way. Him and Ray kissing right before he dies. Also, though, I was like, really? You know, he only signed a three picture deal. <laughs> who Adam Driver? Yeah. He's like, I'll do the trilogy, but. I'm not getting stuck in that, that shirt that I sent you guys. Did you buy it? Yes, I did. Oh my god! <laughs> awesome. Um, Before, or after you saw the rest of Skywalker. After, <laughs> I didn't mind the kiss. Really, <laughs> but I knew he had to die after. Yeah, it was. See, see, that's a little predictable, right? We've already seen like oh, the passing the of kiss the Force energy. Yeah, it just was strange. Just because I don't, I don't view it either of them like. As, like, being romantically involved. I never sensed any, like, sexual tension between the two of them. Except maybe in The Last Jedi when he has his shirt off. And she's like, can you put a towel on, for God's sake? I felt like there was something to it, for sure. You think so? Yeah, because... That was all just a line. You know, they had this connection (laughs) that was irrefutable. And then there was, you know, the fans weren't sure, like, are they siblings? Or what the fuck is this? And then uh, when they weren't... Then it was like, okay, well, they, you know. They have more of a sibling vibe than, like, a romantic couple. Yeah. I don't think so. No? I think so. So, the astral projection thing that was established in The Last Jedi, 
Snoke reveals that he was the one who was linking them up the whole time. Mm-hmm. But now they're just doing it of their own accord in this movie. And not only are no, they doing it. the Emperor it, was doing it. Is that, does that, is that ever actually made explicit? Are we meant to believe it was Palpatine the whole time? Because why would he? I think he... we were meant to believe that Palpatine was influencing Snoke to do that. Sure. That was his puppet. But <laughs> why have his puppet reveal that that is happening to then continue to do it? I didn't get the impression that that was the case in this movie. Well, because, because Ryan Johnson directed episode eight and J.J. Abrams directed episode nine. <laughs> Actually, that's probably the real answer. But I could, I could see it as Snoke just taking credit for something. But isn't there a rule that there's always two, a Sith and the and his apprentice? Always. It's something that Yoda says. Always two or something like that. Yeah, a master and an apprentice. Yeah. But with the Sith specifically, there's one Sith and one one Sith Lord and one Sith apprentice. Yeah, apprentice. And the Lord is always Palpatine, I guess. That would make three. With Kylo, and Snow. I think Snoke was just a puppet. He had power. He did that lightning thing. Yeah. Which is also weird because then they try to attribute the lightning only to the Emperor, which is why uh, why Rey was able to do the lightning. They're like, you don't have just have like normal power. You have his power. No, I think that's more, that's just a dark side power. Then why did he say it like that? Because he is the master of the dark side of the force. No, no, no. Why did Kylo... Was it Kylo who said, who reveals her her heritage? Yeah. He made it mm-hmm. sound like it was the lightning that, that proves. Did he? Because I more so just read it. That was confirmation that she can be swayed to the dark side because she, in yeah. that moment of frustration, yeah, she right. used that power. You're probably right. But that, so how about that moment when... I thought that was a pretty effective moment. I thought that was a great moment. For like a split second. Because I knew there's no way they would kill Chewie like that. But yeah. for a second, I was like, a better, in my head, this was my thought process. I was like, holy shit, that just happened. And then I was like, you know what? In a better movie, that would probably be for real. But I know that that's not the case. That would have been so cool, though. Mm-hmm. If in that moment, she just like, you know, you happen to accidentally use this dark powers out of her anger and it cost her friend his life, that would have been so much better. Yes. But no, Chewie was on another ship. Chewie's fine. Chewie's fine, guys. And they don't even make you wait for it. They tell you like two seconds later. But it would have been so much cooler. Chewie's 250 years old. He's had his time. Dude. He's been in every fucking Star Wars There's nothing left for him. Yeah. JJ's got to stay on the fan side, all right? All of his friends are dead. Taxidermy him up. You can pay your... your, uh... Plus, that paves the way for a baby Chewbacca. Come on, baby oh, Chewie! Dude. Let's just reboot Star Wars with babies, like they like the Muppets. Oh Let's just do the whole thing over again with babies. <laughs> um, so that moment I thought was good. I, on an emotional level, maybe you guys won't agree, um, but kind of similar to where I, I knew a better movie would have done whatever. But when C three PO, when they're telling him that he's gonna have yes. to be rewired, when he said, "Well, like," because there's a moment where he's just staring at them, and you're like, "What's going on?" And he has that line. Uh, I'm just taking one final look at my friends or something like that. Mm. I was like holding back sobs. I was like, <laughs> I know that's that's kind of why I started at the top asking if you guys were sheep because that's a very very fan servicey bullshit moment. But I couldn't help it. 
the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like fighting back. He's had a couple moments emotions in you know? this franchise though, where it's been like almost the end, right? C three PO, yeah. Oh, th- he's always got missing an arm or being <laughs> captured or doing whatever. But I feel like he has another like kind of like touching moment in another one. I'm drawing a blank of where and when, but like a close call, like where he's. I don't know. I, I can't quite remember. The part where he has I... to hold the door. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a Game of Thrones reference? <laughs> I didn't watch that fucking show, and I know what you're talking about. But I know, I know where you're, where you're going with this, which is once again, he's fine. Yeah. Two minutes later, his memory's not. At, yeah, exactly. It's R two D two. Zero consequences. Yeah. Exactly. But killer comedic line for, because of all that. Which one? Like, right when he gets reboot, rebooted and he's like, hi, I'm C-3PO, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Poe is like, I don't think so. <laughs> That's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that was good. Um, uh, so another thing that I think uh, a level that this movie fails on is Rose's character. Oh, yeah. She's so absent. The fans hated her. Like, the, you know, when I say the fans, I mean the basement dwelling, nerd virgin, <laughs> white dudes. Like, that's who yeah. I'm talking about. The ones who complained about her sister being hotter. So, yes. Nerd yeah. virgin yes. count one. <laughs> yeah, that's the first of many. <laughs> so, the nerd virgins hated <laughs> that character, right? Yeah. There was a lot of pushback. And I, well, I didn't, didn't love she get, her character. Like, hate on, like, Twitter. Like, wasn't she? She being, got like, harassed off, off of social yeah. media. <laughs> So, I wasn't a huge fan of her character initially, but I do think she adds a really interesting element. Uh, and this movie just totally... They send her off, Finn gives her a pat on the shoulder, and then that's basically the only interaction they yeah, have. Yeah, no romance, no nothing deleted scenes from The Last Jedi. Just throw her under the bus. <laughs> Dominic Moynihan's character has more lines than Rose in this movie. Why Who the is fuck he is in this that movie? <laughs> He's at the funeral. He's like there when she dies. Where were you the whole time? (laughs) God. So it was incredibly disappointing what happened with her character. Dude, what was up with Finn and his uh, like romantic interest this whole movie? I feel like the first movie, the the first movie, he was horny for Ray. Oh, yeah. Second movie. By the end of it, he was horny for Rose. Oh, and then yeah. this movie is just like, you were a stormtrooper too? Do you want to fuck? Like, Dude, he is... I was getting those vibes the whole thirsty. time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, I mean, we don't know what the official like thing is that he was going to say to Ray, but could also He's going to tell like, her that he loves her, I think. Yeah, he wants to give her his saber. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seems obvious. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, so there was that. There was. Uh, I feel like Lando was uh, maybe the biggest fan servicey bullshit in the movie. It was cool him being there, but he doesn't do anything. Uh, it was well, and his interaction with um, the other stormtrooper that Finn is kind of crushing on. The little interaction at the end. Yeah, what was, what, so what was that all out about? of place? What I've, was the insinuation? That maybe they're that, like related or something. That could be like a hey. <laughs> Check this out on Disney Plus in the future. <laughs> oh, like a lead in to like she's gonna be his sidekick or something. Maybe because yeah, I don't know. He's like, where are you? You know, where are you? It from? was weird. I don't though. know. Well, we can find out. That felt very strange to me. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. But Lando, he didn't need to be there. He was in all the trailers. It's like, 
And by the end of it, the climax of the movie on Zanfindel or whatever the fuck the planet's called, super cartoony. Like just the scale of everything that happens toward the yeah, end of the movie. Marvel Endgame. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It was the cool. Shot of all the ships. They just all ripped the that right out of the headlines. But having said that, was it super corny? Yes. Did it make me yeah. <laughs> almost cry? Yes, it did. When all the when all the ships showed up, I did up. get excited. I thought it was too big. You know me. If it's too big, I'm like, ugh. Give me a little. Can, uh, who can pay attention? A little bit of a Dunkirk feeling too. Get the fuck out, Dunkirk. Yeah, dude. When Dunkirk has the shot of all the ships coming in to save all. Oh, the at the end, that's what you dude. loved it. So, okay. <laughs> So another thing I did not like. Now that we're do we want to talk about all the scene. the nitpicky stuff that just sucked in this movie? Or yeah, dude. Okay, go ahead, Tom. So <laughs> no, 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 there is something I do like, but we're not there yet. Okay. So what I did not like was Ray and the whole speech to convince her to come to the dark side. Just so pathetic. It was just a rehash. It of... took like ten seconds. She was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I'll do it," but. It wasn't convincing at all. There's nothing about it was convincing. There was nothing seductive about it. There was nothing where she just like got super angry like Luke used to do. She just sort of like, I don't know. It was so weird. I feel like you could apply that same thing to to Kylo Ren too. Like all it takes is Leia doing the astral yeah. voice thing and saying Ben. And that's it. Like that was enough to get him to like stop. And yeah, but he's been but he's been teetering for so long that it's like okay, fine. Ray is like no, no, no. She's not gonna. She's not shown enough interest in the dark side to go over that easily. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's some of that in the Last Jedi. Like I think that was intentional. I think the groundwork was done in the Last Jedi to do something interesting, like, and then this movie yeah, made it uninteresting. Did, uh, they did it. Yeah, exactly. Did they, you ever think for a second that she would ever go to the no, dark side? No, so, but, I mean, yeah, but, but you can <laughs> flaunt it a little bit. You can you like you ain't fooling me. Oh, okay. you know, what? like what? we. Watch her wrestle with it for a little bit, you know? Like, be there for more than but half a minute. We've seen her wrestle with it over the course of the trilogy. Yeah, but not in a sense that it, she's like, maybe that is maybe that is what I have to do to make things right. It's always been like, oh, shit, that scares me. Where did that come from? Where I think all that from? stuff pays off in the climax, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I, gotta, I, like, I just wasn't convinced at all. Gotta, like, squint your eyes a little bit, but it works. <laughs> I don't know. The whole, like, they make this big deal out of you need to kill me so I can become you type of thing. She Obviously, that's not going to work. Then Kylo shows up, and they do that, like, astral take the lightsaber across time and space thing, which was gnarly. And then Kylo gets there, and he's like, two for one special. And he just, like, sucks the life out of both of them. And then that's kind of the end of that until, you know. The thing with uh, the other moment that made me really emotional is when you hear all the voices of the various Jedi's over the whole mm. Skywalker saga talking to Rey. You, you got Samuel L. Jackson in there. You got Yoda in there. You got Luke in there. I, I mean, again, fan service. It's, exactly. <laughs> it, that stuff is so easy. But it worked for me. And I think that's why a lot of Star Wars fans are going to be happy with this movie. Because it does exactly what you expect it to do. Which is why on an emotional level, first time watch, I loved it. 
when I come back to it, I have a feeling it's not going to hold up as well. But the astral plane thing that you mentioned, though, where he where the they do the lightsaber swap, that stuff was pretty cool in this movie. The fight scene where like the berries fall into the uh, oh, yeah. into the stormtrooper ship mm-hmm. floor, I was like, that was cool. That, that stuff. Awesome. I feel like that, again, a little too cartoony for my taste. Because in The Last Jedi, it gets as far as, like, they touch. Kylo and, and Rey touch. In this one, they have a full-on fucking lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. In, like, at, just the logistics of it. I mean, it's fucking Star Wars. I can't really get bogged down in the logistics. But it just felt a little too, a little too much. I don't know. Too bad. They it didn't. was cool. It I was thought... a cool visual effect. but They should have boinked. They what? They should have boinked? Boinked. Yeah. <laughs> Astral plane. <laughs> yeah. It would be like that scene in MacGruber where they're fucking and then somebody walks in and Kyle's just butt naked humping <laughs> the ground. Like <laughs> That would have been perfect. <laughs> oh man. Um I liked Kylo's arc. That was the thing I was gonna say. I did like sounds like maybe that's me not too. a universal opinion. Uh it happened too. Did. I don't know. He turned too easy for me. Mm-hmm. I I knew I both wanted and knew that he was going to come to the light side, but it just I don't think this movie earned it. Mm. That's my opinion. Once he was good, I was like, okay, fine, this is cool. I like seeing Kylo Ren. He's my space prince. I love it. But it just happened a little too a little too quick because I feel like by the end of the Last Jedi, he's like kind of firmly in the dark side, and then this movie didn't quite. Earn it. He basically gives Ray the same spiel he gave in the other movies. Reaches out his hand and she turns it away. Like, yeah, I was rehashing a lot of the same stuff. Maybe wasn't ultimately convincing, but I still liked it. I think this movie succeeds on the strength of its new characters: Ray, Kylo, Poe, Finn. I actually don't like Poe. I like Poe a lot. Do you? Finn's what? Finn's fine. Oh, I don't love Finn either, but Poe like. Especially in this movie, though. Miss Finn doesn't something. really get much. In this movie? I don't think so. Mm, he didn't get much in The Last Jedi, either. No. I just don't think he's that interesting of a character. I like John Boyega as an actor. But, I don't know. I guess maybe... Yeah. I think I liked him his character the most in The Force Awakens. I think... Yeah, exactly. Because I think the bond But he between gets a lot. Finn and Rey. The whole escape and... Yeah. I like the bond between Finn and Rey, but I don't think we get enough of it in yeah. this movie. Yeah. I mean, as much as this movie is like, we're a team again, we're going to go on a space adventure and a quest and get all this stuff. It's like, I wanted more bonding, I guess. I mean, the well, the whole movie was kind of about like friends coming together and vanquishing evil. But the fact that that many people showed up at the end, I mean, they made a comment about how on that planet in The Last Jedi, they sent out a distress signal and no one came. And then yet... They do the same thing in this movie, and it's like fucking everybody in the galaxy shows up all of a sudden. Like, it just seems a little, it's just too easy. It's too simple, and it's fine. This is Star Wars. I'm not going to be too critical of it, but it just felt disappointing. Uh, too many cute characters in this one. Oh, what about uh, Babu, Babu Frink or whatever? Babu Frink. Oh, the one who gets the message out of c-3po yeah he was pretty awesome. that character was awesome <laughs> but the new droid unnecessary no um, stupid the the shot of the ewoks at the end loved like, it i mean loved it <laughs> it's fine 
Because it's only there for like a couple seconds. But again, fan service. When I saw the Even Ewoks, the, I was like, fuck I mean, yeah. The Ewoks. Porgs get the same treatment. They get like a three second shot. And they make the same sound yes. that one of the Porgs made in The Last Jedi. Yeah. But the, again, I know. Porgs it, are amazing. I, I just think, I mean, this trilogy or this franchise is kind of notorious for its kind of like oddball, cutesy humor. But I think. They did try and go to the wall one too many times with it this time. But you can almost like excuse it, I guess, because it is the end. Because like they even give like John Williams a cameo in this movie. So like I think they do. Yeah. He's like in it for like two seconds. I'm pretty sure where it's when they go to that planet that Carrie Russell's on and they go into like a cantina style thing. They like pan to him for like two seconds and he's got like a little like gadget or helmet on hmm. kind of thing but I, i'm almost positive it was john williams <laughs> but i think there's just little like fan servicey like cameo type stuff like that like the ewoks you could consider a cameo like, yes oh yeah <laughs> i think that's ultimately the problem with this movie and why in the long run it's not going to hold up is because it kind of sprinkles these like nostalgia breadcrumbs throughout and i was gobbling them up the whole time i was like nom, 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 give me those breadcrumbs yeah but now that i ate the breadcrumbs when i rewatch it like there's nothing for me to eat now so i'm gonna like really just realize how empty it's just empty <laughs> calories the whole movie is empty calories there's some good moments though oh for sure i mean yeah like for sure. the, i do think whether or not the whole final climax works or not i think the whole like imagery of the lightning is really cool i didn't like Palpatine, like we saw him use lightning on Vader. That's one thing. Shooting up this giant beam of lightning that unlimited power. Yeah, it just like wipes out all of the ships at once. Like he just got double Jedi power. He he went Super Saiyan. He went Super Saiyan for sure. That's what happened. Yeah, but I mean, like when you expect that in the ninth final episode, you'd think he would have learned his lesson. Gotta go ham (laughs) before that. When you have a Jedi on the ropes, you just fucking kill them before you start um, blowing up the sky. Yeah. (laughs) No, didn't learn that lesson. They are blinded by their, by his, he is blinded by his own evilness. So ridiculous. Who's uh, who's uh, yellow uh, saber was that at the end? I don't know. And I'm annoyed. Huh? She made her own. She should have made it earlier. we didn't get to see her like forge. She doesn't know what the fuck is in a lightsaber. There should have been. Like, she doesn't a, know about the crystals. How is she supposed to know? There she been, like, a, a she does a lot of tinkering, scene, right? man. Of like her forging her lightsaber, just like Lord of the Rings. Cage forges his ass. Oh, this should have done a Lord of the Rings scene where the elves come together and they put it back together. They put the <laughs> the man reforge the shards of Narsil. <laughs> Was there any significance to that? Did you to that lightsaber? Like, no. why does she just have a yellow lightsaber? Gender neutral. So, okay. <laughs> so here's the way know. I took it. <laughs> Actually, here's the way that I. Here's why I hated it. The lightsaber? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a pretty cool lightsaber. Yeah, it looked cool. I wish they okay. would have done it earlier. But um and there was some weird lightsaber in this lightsaber stuff in this movie. Like it wasn't Luke's lightsaber green. I was talking about it. No, he had Obi Wan's lightsaber. And it was. When he's when they do the flashback with him and Leia, his lightsaber is green. Yeah. Yeah. But then she has his lightsaber and it's blue. No, she has Leia's lightsaber. She has both. Luke's and Leia's. That's Obi-Wan's. That's Obi-Wan's? Yeah. Then why did she call it your brother's lightsaber? I will learn your brother's lightsaber. 
Because Obi-Wan gave it to Luke. The real question is, where did Luke get that green lightsaber? Yeah, he got that back in the old ones. He just had mm-hmm. it in Empire Strikes Back all the time. He just did. Yeah, yeah he just had it. I loved it. it. Cool. I was like, the green one's awesome. Yeah, it's like, what well, the green green lightsaber, <laughs> but where did that come from? But I think that's, if we're chasing the legacy, we're really getting into the nitty gritty now. I think that's... Okay. Because she, she had a that. blue one. Also, this is the first episode we've seen Leia's lightsaber and... I didn't even know she had a Anything lightsaber. Anything to do with her they lightsaber? Were training as a Jedi? You didn't play Battlefront? <laughs> I did. Was she a playable character? I, I'm pretty sure she has a blue pretty lightsaber. Pretty sure Battlefront's not canon. <laughs> so, um, she gets back there to the old uh, Tatooine spot, right? Don't know why you would go there. They burned it down in A New Hope, didn't they? I was very confused by that. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be the same exact place or just another it was luke's hobble. i thought it was luke's luke's house or whatever his igloo yeah <laughs> <The> sand igloo. <laughs> it looked pretty fucking similar yeah. anyway she was there and one of the revelations in this film is not only that she's a palpatine but that her parents were good people who tried to save her and who loved her very much when someone asks her what her heritage is she looks off into the distance she sees a mirage Oh, it's her parents. Oh, no, it's not her parents. Fuck those guys. It's Luke and Leia. I'm a Skywalker through and through. And I'm like, what? I think you're Just looking at the wrong casting way. her parents to the side. There should have been a moment with her parents. And then, or all of them, or something like that. And then she takes the Skywalker name, and I'm like, okay, so she's totally pick sides here. Fuck Palpatine. I'm a Skywalker. But then she's got her own lightsaber with a color we've never seen. And I'm thinking that aligns more like... With uh, I'm just Ray, or make up a new, new last name, totally made up out of thin air, and then you can have your own lightsaber. But if you're going to be a Skywalker, well, you got to have the. To blue be fair, Plocoon has a, a gold lightsaber as well. So, who? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, he's not saying people can't have gold lightsabers. He's just saying for her to just. I'm have saying no, I like know, I know I, for, the symbolism lines up with her not choosing either. She's just her own person. And I'm annoyed that she didn't right. say Palpatine or a made-up name that she just You want Skywalker. her to say Palpatine? Palpatine? Yes. Why? Because her parents were good people. Yeah, but she doesn't want to be tied to that evil name. Okay, then a new, different name. Or I just think... be Ray. Just be Ray. But it's just a, Ray. It's a. It's like a legacy thing. It's a fan service thing. Yeah, I don't want a legacy thing because that means the next time we watch the, uh, the next Star Wars trilogy, it's going to have to be the Skywalkers again. I'm so fucking sick of it. <laughs> Well, I mean, the rise of Skywalker. They say it's the end of the Skywalker saga, but... You think there'll be breadcrumbs or, like... You know who could have been the rise of Skywalker is Kylo. Because he had Skywalker blood. Yes. But this was ultimately Rey's story. She's the main character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I'm just being grumbly about it, but I thought it was stupid. It was a little stupid. Um, Very fan service Yeah, it's kind of weird that she just kind of, like forgets or discards her parents but i think it makes sense harry potter never would have done that as like an overall like (laughs) trajectory (sighs) yeah fair i think they just dug themselves into too many holes and they couldn't figure out how to get out of them that very well may be a couple other cool scenes the lightsaber scene in the uh on the ship on top of the ship with the water that was pretty rad yeah it was cool uh the little like it was almost like a pod racer sequence when they're in the the desert planet where they have the carnival or whatever. Yeah, and that the whole chase is going on. Yeah. And 
I was bummed. Saves the day. One of the posters <laughs> for the movie has the red, the red um, <clears throat> stormtroopers at the bottom, like a line of them. I thought we were gonna get more red, red guy action. There's always like cool things that are introduced into Star Wars, and then they're always just like in the background or there for two seconds, and it's like, oh, we could have had more. Oh, of speaking that. of that, the other thing that I complained to you about was the six. Um, oh, the Knights of Ren. Yeah, the Knights of Ren or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, and you don't get to see them do anything. Yeah, except well, just, except get owned by a fucking. Kylo it was Ren. yeah, but like there, there's so much buildup. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I want to see this guy butcher knife somebody. Well, they were introduced in, in Force shoulder. Awakens, and it was we didn't get much of them, but at least they were. They yeah. were introduced. Oh, I don't. Yeah, they were in there. They weren't really in Last Jedi. That was another thing that the nerd virgins hated about mm. the Last Jedi. They wanted to know where the Knights of Ren are. So, of course, they JJ were waiting to get owned by their exactly. keeper. Exactly. <laughs> they were just standing in a dark room, just waiting to get fucking destroyed by Ben Solo. Kind of weird. But yeah, I wish there would have been more of Knights of Ren stuff. Like, where'd they come from? Or like, maybe a cool moment from them, but. Who cares, nerd? <laughs> I want to know where the Knights of Ren came from. I want to know how Why bring started. them back, though? Who trained them? Why bring them back, though? You know where they came from. Ren. The Jedi Temple. Okay, but like, Luke makes a comment about a little how more. A little they're more. just out. They're just fucking deserters they're, from they're the Jedi Temple. And I saw. <laughs> I saw a picture on the internet that was, you know, the little boy who comes up to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith, and he's like, "What will we do, Master Master yes. Skywalker?" But you don't see what happens except for the. Okay, so I saw a picture of him next to Snoke. With his like fucked up face, yep. and I was like, "Are they? Is that a thing?" I was intrigued. <laughs> I was intrigued that Snoke would be some like former victim of Anakin's oh. who just got maybe some of his face sliced off. But That'd not totally. cool. Yeah. That would have been cool. Another cool moment. There's still time, even though it was pretty <laughs> much spoiled in the trailer. Was when Ray like does the flip and cuts his ship in half almost. Hated it in the trailer. Loved it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's great in the movie. <laughs> but just imagine that scene without that little teaser in the trailer. It would have been oh, even cooler. God, it would have been huge. Yeah. I would have cried. I, I would have been overwhelmed. I just don't know why they had to use that as like one of the selling moments of the trailer. Well, you know everyone's going to go fuck Another Another selling moment from the trailer that I think diminished its effect in the movie a little bit. Uh, right before Ray is going to, you think she's going to kill Palpatine. She's holding the lightsaber and her face like changes. Like she's, she's seeing Kylo and they're, they smile at each other and you see her face like she's crying and she like kind of smiles a little bit. Like I thought that was really cool in the trailer out of context, just like her expression. But I already knew that was going to be her reaction. I just didn't know that it was because she was like seeing Kylo and they had a whole thing, but Another moment that was a little dampened yeah. by seeing it in the trailer. What did you guys think of the Dark Link scene? Uh, I did not like that. I hated that. Dark Link. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mirror, Mirror Link. Oh. He's, this isn't a Zelda. You're not talking to a Zelda guy over here. He doesn't know what you're talking about. No, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. When she, when Ray uh, has the bread lightsaber. She Ray's went Frodo face? Dark character. Or Bilbo no, face. Whatsoever. She Bilboed herself. <laughs> It even looked like they like. It almost looked like her teeth were jagged. They too. were. They were. Oh, it was 100% Bilbo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so 
That was actually a nod to uh, Dominic Monahan's character. <laughs> an allusion to uh, oh, an homage, God. if you will. Um, all right. I feel like it's about time to move on. We could talk Star Wars Anything all day, else? every day. Anything else? Oh, I, this is unrelated to this movie, but I have to say this. I was hanging out with Scott and uh, Jonah, who's like a college friend of, of mine and Scott's. Una mas, Tom. We were talking about Star Wars, and I told them that The Last Jedi is my... I think it's the best Star Wars movie. And they are both The Last Jedi haters. Mm. So we started talking. You were hanging out with some nerd virgins. <laughs> they tried. These motherfuckers tried to make the argument that Attack of the Clones is better than The Last Jedi. They are high on life. And I lost my mind because they are fucking psychopaths they were like trying to say last jedi has no character development it's all pointless they don't do anything it's lame character development is like the only thing that the last jedi is there's the most character development in the last jedi but anyway the audacity can you believe this attack of the clones what a joke Attack of the Clones is the worst oh, of yeah. the, the Skywalker saga. It's almost unwatchable. <laughs> I watched The Phantom Menace. I'll talk about it a little more I, later. But I, forget, I watched it. I forget the scene, and I, I've probably brought it up on the show before, but when like Anakin's refers to something where it's like coarse like sand or whatever, that is like one of the His worst delivery of the line of all time. Just the writing and delivery of it. <laughs> That's why it pisses me off seeing people rank Rise of Skywalker lower than those prequels. Because even if you hate this movie with a fiery passion, like these new characters are so awesome and so lovable, and they give their all to these performances. Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, who is a great actor, by the way, are horseshit in the prequels. Horseshit. Almost unwatchable. For the most part. Obi-Wan gets a little better in Revenge of the Sith, but Hayden Christensen is always bad at all times. And Jacob, what's his butt? (laughs) Anyway, you guys ready to move on? I love (laughs) (laughs) Jumper is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, right. Uh, All right. Any last Star Wars tidbits you want to throw out there before we move on to something else? Um, No, I feel like there was something, but. We could keep talking about Star Wars. I I mean, we're a bunch of nerd virgins hanging out in a room drinking beer. I mean, we could talk (laughs) Star Wars all night. Uh, So let's move on. Tom, I'm going to let you call the audible. Are we doing Waves next or are we doing Marriage Story next? Let's do uh, Marriage Story. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it from him. We have a clip. Let's listen. You always made me aware of what I was doing wrong, how I was falling short. Life with you was joyless. So then you had to go and fuck someone else? You shouldn't be upset that I fucked her. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Do you love her? No, but she didn't hate me. You hated me. You hated me. You fucked somebody we worked with. You stopped having sex with me in the last year. I never cheated on you. That was cheating on me. But there's so much I could have done. I was a director in my 20s who came from nothing and was suddenly on the cover of fucking Time Out New York. I was hot shit and I wanted to fuck everybody and I didn't. And I loved you and I didn't want to lose you. But I'm in my 20s and I didn't want to lose that too and I kind of did. All right. So Marriage Story is the new film from Noah Baumbach, director who you would know from Francis Ha and Mistress America, Squid and the Whale, the Meyer, Meyerowitz stories. 
Uh, film stars Kylo Ren, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> Julia Black Greer, uh, Wallace Shawn. What is with the order of this cast list? I don't even see fucking. Uh, what about General Ray whatever? Liotta or Laura Dern on here? Oh, it's because it's in it's in credits order for some reason. He Alan Alda, Alan Alda, Alda, Alan Alda, whatever. So in the break, Matt said First Man was in his top ten of 2018, and it was number 14 on your list. You liar! Let me see that list. I might have rearranged it though. That's not okay. Not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're right. You're right. Sorry, dog. But you did give it a five though. Once I cram that rewatch, yeah. It's going to skyrocket. Oh, yeah. Um, plot synopsis reads, Noah Baumbach's incisive and compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family staying together. Spoilers. What plot synopsis <laughs> references the director? <laughs> that <laughs> is a, a weird joke. plot synopsis. <laughs> okay. So, marriage story. Who wants to go first on this one? Uh, this movie's critic proof. Loved it. Done. That's it. That's what no, you're saying. It, it, it's really good, but I think everyone could agree it's really good. Not everyone, for the most part. There, there's been a fair amount of. I mean, you're not as. Uh, neither of you are as uh, keyed into Twitter as I am. No, not film Twitter. But people <laughs> into, on film Twitter, Twitter, there was like a backlash against. We'll call it the emotional climax of the film. Tensions are high. The scene. A bomb the backlash. Scene, a bomb backlash. Yes, there has been one. This the the the, <laughs> the scene, we'll call it. Okay. People are trying to say that it's like horrible acting. Like clearly y'all did not have parents who hated each other. <laughs> this is nothing. What? Basically people trying to say the screaming and yelling is the easiest form of acting. So How there's else are you supposed to portray that scene? I don't know. That's It's a joke. Okay. It's a joke. So I mean, you're, you're joking. I'm calling it a joke. <laughs> I am not joking. That's a thing. Okay. That's a thing that people. Think. Anyways, uh, movie's great. Uh, great performances. Some great scenes. Great story. Great direction. Great everything. It's going to be one of the the ten best of the year. It's a that's a freebie for all y'all listeners. What else is there to say? I agree. <laughs> That's Tom's review. Yeah. Perfect, perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also loved it. Absolutely loved it. It might be my favorite bomb back. Oh, movie. okay. I thought you were gonna say favorite of the year. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna spoil that. Okay. I have to wait until the next episode and find that out, or the one after. I don't know. We'll see. Leave your um, hand in Canto Bite. It, <laughs> it's an incredibly well written. Uh, well acted, just awesome drama. Like, I don't really have a ton to say about it, just because like the discourse when this movie came out was kind of all over the place. Because one, it's on Netflix, so everyone had access to it, and I just think it's impressive. Like, it takes this relationship and an amicable amicable divorce and turns it into something that's a lot nastier and a lot uh, kind of more visceral than what we usually get in these types of movies. And uh, I will say, I don't think Scarlett Johansson is the best. 
there are times where I look at Scarlett Johansson act and I'm like, have you ever been around a human being who's expressed emotions? Like, especially during uh, uh, the big blowout, it kind of feels like she has never had. It's like it's the first time she's experienced anger or she's never experienced angers and she's trying to like channel these feelings and it's just like coming across as false. She just I can see why you would say that, but that just seemed like her character to me. Like Are you her even the mad, type of bro? person. <laughs> I just think she's a little out of touch. Well, I think she's actually Scarlett Johansson going through a divorce. That's what we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't quite buy it. I, th- I do. There have been people saying that she's horrible in this movie, and that's no, not. The no, case I at thought all. she was good. Like she, I would, I would say that she was good. It's one of her better performances, I think. And there's a scene early on in the movie where she, it's like probably five or six minutes where she's just kind of talking to Laura Dern's character, mm-hmm. the lawyer. Uh, Laura is excellent as always. Oh yeah, Ray Liotta's excellent. Everyone, everyone's really good in this movie. I think. It's the best ensemble cast, except the Irishman. I think the Irishman is... Laura Dern loves playing this type of character lately, or she's just being typecast as it lately. No. And I live here. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very similar to her, like, Big Little Lies character in a way. Yeah. Oh, so similar. Just personality. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, in some ways, her Star Wars character. Yeah. But she nails it. Show a little respect, Tom. <laughs> it's not her Star Wars character. General. It's General Holdo. All right. Holdo. The Holdo maneuver known across the galaxy. <laughs> the Holdo maneuver. Hold that for Holdo. That's what happens when someone's choking on a chicken wing. You use the Holdo maneuver. Oh <laughs> um. But yeah, it's also this movie is really fucking funny too. Mm-hmm. So funny. Like there's a scene um where Carlos Johansson's character is trying to get her sister to serve Adam Driver the papers and it's so oh, awkward. God, that scene and was so perfect. hilarious in the kitchen. That scene was perfect. That was um, a good scene without so, getting too deep. Yeah. So I don't I don't think we need to get too specific with this movie, but I am I am really curious to hear your thoughts on this. So there's been a lot of a lot of the discourse about this movie has been how it treats their two characters, right? Are you supposed to sympathize with one over the other? Is it supposed to be even? Where do you guys fall? Do you think, I think it, it de- leans one way on or the, the other? And I think, I think you're, you're right. going to read it. How did you way. guys read it? How did you guys read it? Do you think it was relatively even, or do you did oh. you think the movie favored? I was actually going to say that I think the strength of this movie is that both positions are valid and to an outsider it seems pretty clear that like lack of communication was present on both parties. So everybody's kind of a little bit at fault for how unhappy they are. But um but it's also a believable way to fall out of communication and totally believable things to fall out of communication about. So I think that's what makes it all work. You know, like the fact that Scarlett Johansson's character, Nicole, mm-hmm. the fact that Nicole, Nicole and Charlie, I think didn't, she clearly could have been more upfront earlier in the relationship about what she wanted. 
But it also, like, she didn't really know what was missing for a while, you know? And that seems so, like, so valid, so uh, relatable. And honest, too. Very honest. So, um, yeah, I think that's what makes this movie work. And then, like, when you have to deal with, like, the kid and the fact that he loves his new school and the fact that he's a little dickhead sometimes, but in, a, in a, like, a kid way, you know? Uh, you can really empathize with Adam's character when he like flies across the country and he's trying to keep custody and he's trying to keep his life together. And then he's like getting mad at the kid, you know, all that is, that's what makes this movie special. Yeah. I think it's pretty even. And I feel like the ending kind of plays into that a bit. Yeah. I think that's the strength of the movie. The reason why I brought it up is because a lot of people think that the movie is very much written from a male perspective because it is, well, but people think people think that the movie written by a man yeah, from a male's perspective, but people think that the movie is more favorable toward Charlie that uh, Scarlett Johansson's character is less sympathetic. Well, she's the first one to go get a lawyer. I think that's a big part of that. I think there's just, it's a lot, there's a lot more nuance than people make it out to be. And yeah. she doesn't read the letter at the beginning. Yes. And you're like, oh, okay, well, if you'd read the letter at the beginning, none of this would have happened. So, okay. Yeah. Probably would have. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's that. But it's also like, the, I think the argument is that people think that Adam Driver did nothing wrong other than, it's it's a minor spoiler, but there's like an extramarital thing going on in the movie, right? But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think he's incredibly selfish through most of the movie. He's oblivious. And we see it. He's He just doesn't care. He, he thinks that she's there to serve him and that he's not willing to make compromises until it's already too late, right? But not only that, the big scene, the big emotional, dramatic scene culminates with Nicole comforting Charlie, after Charlie said something horrible, like that moment in the movie was where, like, it brought me to tears. I was just so, like, I could not believe how mean he was and just, like... Are we talking about the scene? The scene, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was so mean and it was, that's an incredibly, like, visceral scene. Like, it's really raw emotionally. And even though he was saying it to Nicole... I've, I felt for her. Like, it made me cry because he was so mean. Well, but then she, she comforts him. And that's a classic, like, man does something aggressive and mean and feels remorse for it. And then it's the woman's responsibility to comfort him when he was the abuser in that situation. Like, I think there's a lot more nuance to that that uh, dynamic than people give it credit for. No, yeah. I thought that I'll, was incredibly impactful. I totally agree. Um I do think it was a little harsh or a little heavy handed because not trying to get too much into my personal life, but like, you know, sometimes my emotions get the best of me and sometimes I will say things that I somewhat regret, but I don't think I've ever stooped as low as he stooped. He said some pretty hateful things. He did. Which is believable because, you know. When you're in those moments, you kind of see red and you, you go for the when throat. When it's really sweaty. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, you just it comes out sometimes and you don't really mean it. It just kind of... But then you have to deal with the consequences. But I do feel like... 
I do feel like it was a, a powerful scene and ultimately I liked it, but it almost felt unbelievable with how like harsh he was. I get where you're coming from. I I didn't I didn't feel that way. Like I could see in that moment because they're basically taking turns trading barbs with one another. Right. And But there's usually a level and like he crossed it. But I, I totally <laughs> believe that maybe at some point he has had those thoughts and never felt strongly about them just in a moment of weakness was just like some you know in his head he was like god i wish you would get run over but like i didn't think it was unrealistic i liked that that's where the conversation ended because that was clearly where the line was crossed and both both parties realize it it was but the thing is he how they reacted didn't mean to that you no, I, I mean? don't think like, he did. No, no, no. I don't think you're supposed to mean... I don't think you're supposed to believe that he actually meant what he said. I think you're supposed someone to... someone receiving that, like, it's pretty rough to receive comments like that. Totally. And I think <laughs> that's why that moment is so effective is because it comes out of his mouth and he immediately, like, collapses and starts sobbing. And before she can even process what he said, she feels like she needs to comfort him. Yeah. Like, that's just so emotionally complex. Typical woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess you could read that the wrong way or maybe not the way it was intended, but I think... It works. I know that's what you're ultimately saying too, but mm -hmm. I think you're also talking about the people who had a problem with that scene. Yeah. Uh, that was really good. Uh, not too much more to say. It was really funny. Uh, the other emotional moment, we've referenced the letter already at the end when, when Adam Driver reads said letter. Uh, I got very emotional. I also liked the beginning, like the whole montage. Yes. Of both the letters i guess i don't know that was kind of spoiled i don't know if you guys watched those trailers like netflix put out like mm -mm. a his and hers trailer one trailer was i think it was called hers and one trailer was called his and it was literally just the beginning of the movie yeah <laughs> yeah reading reading their letters um but that was that was really impactful um yeah one of the best of the year i i adored it i don't have too much else to say beyond that are we done already? Yeah. I don't think we need to do spoilers on this one. I mean, it's not, it's just not one of those movies, you know? Like, ultimately, what happens is what happens in a lot of divorces. I'm not going to be more specific than that, but it's just like kind of the sad reality of it. Yeah. But there's also some optimism at the end. I mean, you know. You yeah. know, I, I, I'll say that, uh, you know, my parents are still together and I never had anybody super close to me who was going through a divorce growing up. <clears throat> so kind of the insider look at what a divorce puts a family through was, I'll say eye opening for me. Just really Privileged rough. white boy over here. Yeah. God, <laughs> I know. Perfect life. <laughs> well, Perfect family. <laughs> and also, yeah, I mean, not to get too cheesy, but as a new dad, I was just like, I can't imagine like putting kid through that old vinny pretty rough stuff <laughs> yeah god having two christmases two halloweens double the presents getting to travel back and forth from la to new york that sounds like a horrible yeah, right <laughs> jesus is no, this your is this your favorite bombach did we did you establish that i think so yeah it's either it's, it's really either this or squid in the whale yeah 
That's which very similar yeah. thematically. Yeah. I think probably this one though. I think Adam Driver's performance might be my it's my second favorite performance of the year behind Brad Brad Astra. Yes. Nice. <laughs> um yeah, there are, are some really funny scenes though. Like mm-hmm. the uh without spoiling it, I'll just say the knife scene I thought was amazing. <laughs> What happens with the knife? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I forgot about that. That was really good. Just very uncomfortable. That whole visit. funny. That woman, whoever that actress is, the one who comes to the home. She's in Baskets. Nails that character. (laughs) Yes. You didn't watch that? I haven't seen Baskets, no. She plays the exact same person in Baskets. She is so good in Mm -hmm. that scene. Mm -hmm. I also liked all the stuff with the lawyers, how like the lawyers basically like they're just literally treating it as their job and like can be friends like out of the courtroom. But then once they're in the courtroom, they're like at each other's throat. Yeah. And like, it's just almost funny how like it's almost a game to them or just their profession while like you're literally dealing with like people's lives and like their future in a sense. Well, and they're, they're uh, big enough lawyers that, uh, their reputa- reputations precede them because mm-hmm. I think when Laura Dern finds out that he got Ray Liotta, she was oh right. god damn it, yeah. this is gonna be a fight now or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he's a bastard yeah. like whatever she says, which I think like I could see people feeling like they can't relate to this movie because it's it's a divorce story but it's like very similar to Noah Baumbach's other stuff like upper middle class white problems you know yeah oh i gotta go out there and get the best most expensive lawyer so i can get my kid i don't get that vibe from his movies well maybe while we're young a little bit but yeah um i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i think he's writing to what he knows you know what i mean yeah so i don't think it makes the situation unrelatable and he calls it out when the judge is like you know there are a lot of people here who don't have the privilege of hiring the people you've hired so we got to move along yeah (laughs) So, I mean, I think this is maybe his most self-aware and personal screenplay for obvious reasons. I mean, a lot of people have said that there's he got a divorce from uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, right? Yeah. In the early 2000s. So people are like, oh, trying to like plug that in and read into it. Just fucking watch the movie. It just, yeah. <laughs> just leave it alone. Let the guy write also... from his experience. Without well, minor spoiler for a joke, but who's the the other lawyer's name? The Alan Alda. Name? Yeah, when he's in the like just talking to him at one point during the movie, and Adam Driver's character's like, "Am I paying for this joke?" <laughs> like, just so annoyed with the process and like just all the like legal fees and all that, and he's just like, "Can he, we like, just fucking stick to the business here?" He like gets up to go into the other room to like make a sandwich from the fridge and shit like that. I didn't. I knew just like so routine for him. Yeah, I knew that was Alan Alda, but I don't know about you guys, but I was like staring at him, and I was like, "I know you're Alan Alda, but you don't look like." Is he just old? Yeah, he's just I mean, he's just always old. been old. But I was like trying. I was like, "No, he's just super." Because I know him from Little Miss Sunshine. And Argo, or like the two no. recent ones that I know. No, him that's from. not him. Alan Alda. Alan Alda's from Mash. Alan Alda's in both of those things. No, that's Alan Arkin. Shit! <laughs> oh my god! No wonder I was like, you don't look like. <laughs> These are two different people. Are you kidding me? Well, Alan like, he Arkin looks, looks, he looks very different. From he looks enough Alan like. Alda. So that was Alan Arkin in those movies. 
Which one? Alan Arkin? Little yes. Miss Sunshine and Argo. Yes. yes. Are you kidding me? That's Alan Arkin. Yeah. I was try- I was like staring. Oh, fuck. Oh, that is embarrassing. No, come on. They don't look that different. Now Are I got to pull up kidding? Alan Alda. I was like, <laughs> you don't look like him. How do you? That's Alan Alda. Fuck. Seriously, the whole time I was like, why do you look so different? Shit. I did also just like the, uh, the tone of the movie. Just how it was kind of all over the place. But in a good way. What, Mare Story? Yeah. Like it was funny, sad, like touching, just kind of all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. I... Like just like the emotions you're feeling. A roller coaster, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I this could be a contender for roller coaster. Roller coaster of the year. <laughs> No? So. Tom's saving it for Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, I love it. I hate it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. Anything else on Mary's story? No. All right. Let's move on. Uh, we will be doing a brief review of Waves. Brief? Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. Yeah. And we're going to spoil? Well, it's up to Tom, I guess. Tom? You could either leave the room or uh you could just not care i'll think about it all right well while tom thinks let's listen to a clip okay but the park is still flooded so you'll see kids out yeah. there again some today, of those sure. kids today will be my co-hosts just ago. like <laughs> dude you get the best barrels ever dude just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them and you just drop in and just smack the lip whoopah Drop down, snap, and then after that, you just drop in, just ride the barrel and get pitted, so pitted like that. All right, Waves is the new film from Trey Edward Schultz, who my boy, we're fans of. Well, I'll claim mostly you. I'll claim him. He's your boy. Yeah, (laughs) I like him. It comes at night. Love is a banger. Krisha, that's a good movie. A banger. Eh. Come on. It's a good movie. Give him the benefit of the doubt. He's working with the, the shoestring, no budget. It's great. It's fine. Uh, plot synopsis reads, traces the journey of a suburban family. Okay. Traces the journey of a suburban family led by a well-intentioned but domineering father as they navigate love, forgiveness, and coming together in the aftermath of a loss. Film stars Taylor Russell, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Alexa Demi, Bill Wise. Who are these jabronis? S.K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. And where's the other jabroni I'm looking for? Where's where's the, where's the hedge man? Where's Luke? Over the hedge. He's not even listed here. All right. Well, Lucas Hedges is in this movie. It's probably uh, an order of appearance or something on IMDb. Oh, what? Kresha? Kresha is in this? Did you know that? I saw that in the credits, but I don't recall English the English teacher. Kresha. Huh? Well, anyway, Waves, from the first trailer, hyped on this thing. Just seems like my kind of movie. It's almost Malikian mixed with maybe some, uh, some Barry Jenkins. He did work under Malik, so. That's true. That's how he got his Tree of Life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of got that vibe from the trailer. Um, who's going first on this one? Go ahead, Matt. This movie is a piece of shit. Okay. It's Here why. horrific. Because I love it. No. You do. <laughs> I, I do knew you it. would. I knew you would. Structurally, the movie is Don't hear abysmal. 
we'll get more into this in the spoilers, but structurally, there's kind of two halves, I will say, without being more specific. And there's a turning point okay, halfway well, through the so movie. So why'd you hate it? Let's <laughs> Emotionally Manipulative. Trey Edwards, yes, manipulative. All of the characters have three emotional states anger, melancholy, and uh, I don't fucking know. Grief? Uh, malaise. Yeah, yes, thank you, Tom. Malaise. Tom did not, I should say, Tom did not see the movie. Did not. Um, this feels like a movie where he's kind of going for melodrama like the the emotional stakes are just sky high in this fucking movie the -hmm. main character is incredibly unsympathetic i hated everything about the first you can sympathize with uh the first half character no i could kelvin harrison jr yeah well it sounds like someone's got some daddy issues just Mm, kidding maybe the problem with not gonna, not gonna get too much into that on the show. <laughs> so, Travis, tell me about your childhood. How what no, was no, your no, relationship no, no, no. like with your father? I mean, the way I want to start this review is uh, this is not going to be a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so there's I'll call it an escalation that happens through the first half of the movie that one felt incredibly unrealistic to me and emotionally. What life are you false. living, bud? I thought that the character, the main character, his actions, I did not buy at all. It felt like forced emotional manipulation on the director's part that the stakes just kept rising. From the opening moments of the scene of the movie, we have this bullshit spinning camera oh look what i can do no. i'm such a fancy pants filmmaker for that. i'm the next There's stanley kubrick <laughs> look at my fucking spinning of course camera. he had a problem with the spinning i'm so camera. cool no it was horseshit the, the whole movie was the whole shit? movie was horseshit. okay so the spinning camera was a little showy but there is reason for it what and all right we'll get into that it later. comes back into the you know into the movie it's kind of a not necessarily like a theme but it's like a mirror merry-go-round scene and there's there's some like a symbolism in that or like a just like there's purpose like the director's trying to do something by spinning the camera i don't think it's just for fun or just for looks I it's know not, what he was going it's for. It's not like the shot in Vox Lux where it's just like, let's spin the camera around on this like paramedic van and do it just because it's cool. I didn't see Vox Lux, so I well, don't know. I don't know who did it better. Trey. I'd be willing to bet. Trey always <laughs> does it better. Um, so do we want to start with just the first half? And how I disagree with you? I think we need to, I, I think we need to be careful. Because I think we can't well, really... No, I'm not trying to spoil it. Right now, right now, we have the boxing gloves on and the trainer helmets on. Yeah. It's not until spoilers that we go full on, like, right. the gloves are off, fist fight. Right. So... So, gloves on. I love the movie. Um, the fir- While I was watching it and after I, like, first saw it, you know, initial reaction after walking out of the theater, thought it was somewhat of a mess. But I think you can, like, 
forgive that or you can like it's almost like you're giving the credit or like giving the director more credit than he's due i think it is a mess on purpose because that's how life is. So you hated the movie, no, no, but no, you no. were like, no. I love Trey <laughs> no. Edward shit. No. I love him. <laughs> no. I'm going to rationalize no. it. He meant it to be a mess the whole time. No, no. It's a messy movie. It's this a is. masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because it is kind of like, it's somewhat disjointed in a sense, but at the same time, you don't, need to view it as like a story about one character this is a story about a family and okay. so i think it works in that realm disagree and then the the mirroring of both stories disagree because there's well it's hard i'm right? dancing yeah <laughs> And I don't dance. So. This is this is this is round one of the boxing match where we're like, yeah, you know, throwing the, to get the our shadow boxing, like feeling each other out. Um, I think the first half's main character is sympathetic. Sure, he does some shitty things. He is somewhat understatement of the year. He is he is somewhat selfish, but you can see where he's coming from, in a way, and. A lot of his actions, you could argue, are provoked. Maybe not justified. <laughs> Definitely not justified <laughs> in one instance. But there... Okay, so I'll, I'll backtrack just a minute. There can be a moment in your life that defines you. <laughs> sometimes you can, you know, dodge that moment. Or sometimes you get caught by that moment. <clears throat> still dancing but i will say that he is a very reckless character r reckless person i have been reckless at one point or another in my life sure and there was there was an event that could have been very reckless but i just so happened to luck out of that recklessness okay so i'm just saying i could have been in this guy's shoes you never know that's all I'm going to say, but it's not unbelievable and it's not like too heightened because this shit actually happens and this is real life. <laughs> I, okay. So I, I totally, totally get what you're saying. It's not, there's some crazy shit that happens around the midway point of the movie. My issue isn't necessarily with what happens although i do have some issue but i i totally get what you're saying i just feel like the movie doesn't do a good enough job of showing how this character is capable like the journey from the start of the movie to the midway point i don't think the movie does a good enough job helping me understand why he would do something like that. And I think if you have a different life experience and a different context and you can maybe relate but there's to a lot it in a different involved. way. There's alcohol, there's drugs, there's feelings, there's like pressures. There's so much going there's on. There's all of that. There's all and of that. And we're talking about a high school kid who doesn't know how to deal with these emotions. And he's got the added pressure of his father. Like, I don't know what your life was like in high school and i'm not saying mine was like super troubling but like even even in today's age like even now like 
you feel certain like pressures of life and sometimes you feel like the like the cards are stacked against you or like you can't escape all this like pressure or like just things in life that you have to deal with and they just keep escalating and it ultimately comes to a head and there's this big moment but i think it's all earned sure it's somewhat heightened and you could say it's like yeah heightened in a sense but this is a movie and it's going for emotions like that's the thing i i really like about this movie is that i think it is somewhat messy and maybe not ultimately satisfying like on like a story level like as a through line but i think the way it like tries to tell the story and like what the family goes through and just like just trying to like paint and like an emotion i think it does a good job of that like to me this is like a film of emotions and not it's not necessarily a film of like a cohesive story like sure it is a story about a family but like I got wrapped up in like the emotions of it rather than, and you see me doing the wave motion, right? As mm-hmm. I'm the talking. roller coaster, oh, yeah. the classic <laughs> roller coaster gesture. <laughs> but I think it all worked. I love the whole aspect ratio thing. Some could say it's gimmicky. It definitely is gimmicky. Some would say, yes. <laughs> I think it works. I think it's a, I don't know. Like you could say it's like a film school, like trick or whatever, but to me, I would rather have someone like try something different than just like give us like some boring like static shot stuff that we've seen all, all the time. Like, I don't know. I think he, he like family dramas can be like very plain and like almost sterile in a sense. But I just love the way he like it's like an assault on the senses, like the soundtrack, the emotions, like the just like craziness of where the first half goes and then like the nuance of the second half like i I think like it's messy but i still loved it (laughs) so i would say if we compare it to the movie that we just reviewed marriage story to television networks (laughs) i would say marriage story belongs on hbo okay and i would say Waves belongs on stars. These one is a prestige network. One is the wire. One is radon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to talk shit about stars, but stars can get away with shit that your CBS and your ABCs can't. But my issue with the movie is not. Or Ray Donovan's on Showtime, but. It's the same thing, right? <laughs> Stars is worse than Showtime. I didn't go. I didn't go the Showtime route. I know Showtime has some good shows. What the fuck does Stars have? Brome, Blood in the Sand, the or whatever the fuck experience. it's called. Yeah, the not TV interested, series. bud. Riley Keough's in it. Don't care. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> so, I think we'll get into it in specifics in a minute here, but it. Excuse me. It's not so much the emotional excess of the scenes in the movie it's more so that i don't think this movie is actually exploring anything effectively because there's we keep alluding to it there's a a climax that happens halfway through there's a moment and the second half of the movie is kind of dealing with the aftermath of that and i don't think the movie actually 
reconciles that moment from earlier. I don't think it actually explores the effect that it has on the family. I don't think that it does. Second half, it's all surface level bullshit, like chicken soup for the soul or whatever those books are. Like just like surface level bullshit speeches. Like the fact that. The emotional resonance oh, can be like summed the up by a between speech. The, the father and daughter. No, on oh the it's love will always love will always win. Love is stronger than anything in the world. I have nothing but regrets. Just love, no, just love, daughter. No, that's the the pasture. It's the, all no emotional. <laughs> Vomit. That's all the church stuff. This whole movie is emotional right vomit. No. Yeah. I don't... I mean, obviously, like, we're coming sure. out from two it's, different angles. It's very but. emotional, but I think it works. I'm the cry guy. I, I'm the cry guy. I get guy. it, but you felt I was a cold, dead piece of meat watching this movie. You, I... I as soon as he started moving Spinning the camera, camera. <laughs> I was like, Matt's done. <laughs> So I knew that that would throw you for a loop. (laughs) And it sounds like it was trying too hard to affect you. Trying too hard. And not only that, the second half, I don't think accurately or uh, in any kind of interesting way explores the impact of the event of the first half. But even worse than that, like an even bigger offense is that the movie... Uh, sure to be and fair I have reasons too i don't know if we want to get into them well let's save it for the spoilers <laughs> but so there's another character in the second half we can kind of there's like kind of two i won't call them protagonists but there's a framing character a different one in the first half and a different one in the second half i will say real quick this movie is very divisive yes. where some people feel very similar to you and then others feel very similar yeah. to me yeah it's so I I think it's I don't think it's good or bad. I just think it's it's either going to work for you or it doesn't. I think I wanted this like I wanted to be where you are, right? Like I was moved emotionally by the trailers. I love Trevor Schultz as a filmmaker. It just every single thing the movie did rang false for me, just top to bottom. But the issue that I had with the second half is that the perspective changes. But by the end of it, the emphasis kind of moves away from that character to another character and kind of explores this like bullshit end of life story that I just did not find interesting at all. But and it still ties into the other story. In a very in a surface level way, though, I think. I think the whole movie is just like surface level melodrama. I don't think so. I think it cuts deeper. <laughs> it's not surface level. You can call it melodrama, but I don't think it's surface <laughs> You'll, level. I'll give you that, sir. <laughs> but um, Okay. Uh, anything? I kind of think we should probably get into... Um, in the spoiler. Did I'll you say like perf- the soundtrack aspect of it? No. I did. It felt like a white guy trying to tell a black story and was like, oh, what's, See, I think that's, what music do black people like? I think that's like? the worst way. Kanye no, West. That's the worst way black to view this movie. Black people love Kanye West, right? No, no, no. So, Trey Edward Schultz does love the music that he put into the movie. And 
you like Kanye, right? I love Kanye. I like Kanye. So I think it's okay for Trey Edward Schultz I to miss like the Kanye. Old Kanye. These <laughs> Right? Admit it. It, it. It's okay for him to like that music or hip hop music or black music. There's nothing you want to call wrong it. with him liking Kanye West. The fact that he chose to to cast a black family to tell his story. There's more to it, though. I know there's more to it. Do you, though? But I have an issue do with... Do you, though? Do you, do you though? No, what are you beyond, talking about? Well, like... So, this, this movie has been brewing in his head for years. This was basically, like, the first movie he wanted to make. Like, this script or just thought has been brewing in his head for so long. He didn't really know how to make it, but just along the way, he's kind of like, he found a way, and he met Kelvin Harrison Jr. on It Comes at Night, and like through talking with him and getting to know him, he decided to like put the story through his perspective, Mm -hmm. and then also add in like stuff from Kelvin Harrison's life and all the other families' life. So like... Just because it's a white guy making like a black family's movie, that doesn't mean that there was any sort of like, like black influence on it. Like I think the the actors in the movie had a played a pretty big role in how this movie was shaped. And I don't blame you for having that perspective, but no, no, no it's not a perspective like that. And his perspective. That's what actually happened. But that, if, but okay, so here's the issue. I'm talking to you, Tom. I think that's just the wrong, insensitive way to look at it. I it's don't think so. It's an easy criticism. I think that, if anything, that's the movie's downfall, is that you can't... So the issue is that he chose to... This movie is centered around a black family, right? And that is a very unique What What makes experience. this movie black, though? Nothing. That's the problem. There's no, two there things. there is some stuff, though. There's two things. One of the characters gets called a racial slur and has a very emotional reaction to that. Classic white guy way to explore race. Let me have my my black character get called a slur and unleash him. It's very fitting for the scene, though. It's It felt fall. It felt like he was trying to insert drama into a situation because he does no, he knows nothing about the black experience and who am I to talk about the black experience, right? Blah, 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 <laughs> whatever. But my issue was that there's two things. There's that. That's one thing that felt like it was trying to tell a story about the black experience was his character being called a racial slur. The other is the father figure having a conversation about how it's harder for us than it is for other people, which there's nothing false about that statement, but it's just so surface level, like classic white people bullshit. Black people have it harder than us. That's not interesting. No. You're not actually I th- getting I into still the think complexity. The wrong way. I think you don't that think that's a normal conversation that a dad and child would have. I think that there's a very specific reason that he chose to have those two characters in his movie have that conversation, and it doesn't actually tell you anything about. No, I. The- I think that is actually including like the the black perspective, like in his story, just by saying it's hard to, to be that. black. That's it. That's all that conversation amounts to. And that's not enough. That's not enough to but tell a story. why does this even have to be a color thing? It doesn't. He <laughs> didn't have to have the story be about a black family. If you're going to do that. But why is it a least... problem I get? Like, why is it a problem? 
because he is having it just feels like well, the music in the movie right you go from kanye to animal collective to chance the rapper to arcade fire to some other i can't remember the other music very movie, popular but. music yes but it just feels like a white guy writing a story about a black family the but whole time it felt like intention. that i don't care if that was his intention or not that's what it felt like that's just easy, that's part of the reason criticism. why everything felt false. You just couldn't stand the spinning camera, so you got to find some <laughs> fucking angle. I'm just grasping at straws here, but I do think that that that's an issue here. Like, he didn't, I didn't find an issue with it. For sure, fair. Okay, I I think he handled it in a respectful way. I'm not calling it disrespectful. It just feels like he was milking. The experience but of there's only two instances of it. So how is he milking it? Because because how music? is he milking it? But not only that, but also just the Dude, this this person likes that music. Why can't he inject that into his movie? Like for me, the whole soundtrack thing is like the thought of like when you're growing up in high school, like your emotions are probably like the most extreme as they'll ever be. Like you're feeling more than you've ever felt and you know i mean it's just a heightened time of your life and kids in high school get very attached to music and like i don't know at least for me like building mixes or playlists or something was like a big part of growing up and so i, I just like the idea of him like making a soundtrack movie and trying to like put these tracks to like emotions or scenes on screen you can dislike Fair. it all you Fair. want, but I liked it. I like all of the music in the movie. All of it. All those bands that I listed, I like yeah. all of them. But it, I did not like it in this movie. His use, because it just, like, going back to him I, framing this whole narrative around this family, it just feels like he is just trying to get, like, milk more emotional juice out of the characters like but i didn't by also have because he doesn't actually i don't think there's 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 much that's like specifically black though that like would make me feel more just because it's about a black family and i think that's part of the problem is that the two things okay so three things that he chooses are call the character a racial slur have the soundtrack be fucking kanye and chance the rapper and um what was the third thing i said earlier the conversation with the dad yeah about how the black experience is harder that was subtle though like it wasn't like subtle in the context of the whole movie it was this word i would use is simple not subtle. but he didn't like bang us over the head with like this is how difficult it is to be a black person growing up in america he didn't have to do that but i don't think i don't think he did though either like he didn't do anything I i think i think you're making too big of a deal of the whole like like i think it's a positive thing that he focused it on a black family like like just because i mean he could have went either way but i think like he's trying to tell his story and this this other person's story at the same time like it was a collaborative experience it was like this is my goal and i'm going to use this as my like you know this is going to be the 
the canvas that I'm working with. And I think that's part of the... I, I guarantee if you asked every black actor in the movie, they wouldn't feel like disrespected or feel like disingenuous about it. I'm not saying they're it. disrespected. I just don't see where the whole like race angle plays a factor in this. I think there's a naivete. Like, like sure to you him. can say like some of those like instances were like easy for him, but I don't think that was his intention. Like I think he would have used that music regardless of what color of skin the yeah, main character. You're was. right about all of that. Intent is different than effect and interpretation. I don't I honestly don't think that he thought about these things when he made the movie and made the decision to have take his story and collaborate with actors that he's worked with in the past and bring in these African American voices. I don't think he's just voices. trying to tell his story. I don't think like he's there's, just there's trying There's a lot to tell of personal story. stuff in this movie that I'm sure he's working through. Yeah. But I just I think it's like it's almost like a cautionary tale for like parents and children like which is what what's the moral of the story well i think the parent or the father figure is somewhat too harsh on the child see i don't think the movie does a good enough job of exploring that because i don't really get the impression is he stern yes he's a stern dad for sure he wants the best for his kid yeah and that's part of the reason why i had a negative reaction to the emotional what i feel is emotional manipulation because i don't buy the progression of calvin harrison jr calvin harrison jr right that's his name calvin calvin harrison jr i don't buy the progression of his character and the choices that that character makes because i think you're supposed to think that his dad is super controlling and ultra aggressive and just puts too much he pressure is to an on extent, him. But there's, there's more to, to it than that. Like, I think the son just like, doesn't want to disappoint his father. Like, that's another thing. And like, like he ultimately wants to succeed, but he has like all these building pressures that are like making it difficult for him. And you can't say that his father is not like overly hard on him. Then like a quote unquote, like normal, like parent. No, I don't. You don't think he's more harsh than... No, he is. Okay. He is. I agree yeah. with you there, but I don't think it serves the story enough. I don't buy... It's a direct service of the story. I don't... Because <laughs> I don't buy... Okay, well, maybe we should get into spoilers before we discuss that, because I think I need uh, to get more Are we not specific. in spoilers yet? I... <laughs> no, we're dancing, dude. <laughs> There's, you, you haven't heard anything. <laughs> we haven't talked about anything. We're just yelling at each other. <laughs> Very yeah. much like this movie, just people yelling at each other for no real reason other than they don't agree. That's this movie in a nutshell. <laughs> I don't life. agree with you. Well, that's I don't life. agree with you. And that's that's the movie. Mm. Okay, let's drop some star ratings on this, and then we will go to spoilers, and Tom can go smoke a cigarette, and we'll just they're going to be outside smoking, and they're just going to hear, You motherfucker, you don't know anything! <laughs> Matt, I would never smoke a cigarette. <laughs> okay, I am going to give this movie. You know what? I was at a two. I'm going one point five. On You're this an bad asshole. Boy. I'm going one point five. You're an asshole. This movie sucks. One point five. One point five because of light. One point my attempt. <laughs> light. One point five. <laughs> Don't push me. You know where I'm going. By the end of you this, you know where I'm going. You're going five. Full five. Full. <laughs> 
full Heavy five fledged banger. <laughs> you will be hearing about this movie more in a few weeks. It's a banger. Treadward Schultz is three for three. He can do no wrong in my books. <laughs> Keep doing your thing, Trey. I'm here for you. I guess I have to watch it now. I kind of. And for gotta, this reason, I will step out during you spoilers. Weigh in. All right. Okay. So let's dance around a little bit more as Tom collects his, his things and exits the building. But So on a technical level, can we talk about that? Yes, of course. Spoilers intact? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the aspect ratio thing. You got at least what he was going for, yeah? That's the problem. I didn't need him to do that for me to get what he's trying to do with the story and the characters. Their emotional states... You said it. It felt. It feels gimmicky. It is gimmicky. I don't think that doesn't need to be there. But at the same time, it's not that noticeable. I noticed it every single time. The aspect ratio because it happens know- a lot. It happens a lot in this. Movie. It does way more than it needs to. But it, it it's all purposeful, whether mm-hmm. you liked it or not. Mm-hmm. But the only time I actually really noticed it was when it switched to four three, which was. Shortly after, there's like at least three or four aspect ratios that are used in this movie. Yeah, it's too much. And it starts big, goes small, and then slowly goes back up to big. Yeah. And I like the whole idea of it. Like, on with the two stories on a technical level, what he's trying to go for, I think ultimately works. I will, I will agree it is 100% gimmicky. And some would say it's like, too film schooly bullshit, like trying way too hard to get your point across. But I, I think it worked. He didn't need to do that. He doesn't trust the audience to understand that his characters are going through an emotional journey, and they're as the movie progresses, being closed off, and the tension is escalating. You don't have to change the no, framing he didn't of the have movie. To do it. But I think it's interesting that he did. Like, for a technical effect. It feels like an inexperienced filmmaker trying to be flashy. Exactly. (laughs) It didn't need to be there. I don't think it adds anything to the movie. In my case, it actively detracts from the movie. Because it's trying too hard to get its point across. Because it didn't need to do that. I'm not an idiot, Travis. I did not need I'm not him saying you are. to do that in order for me to understand what was happening. I don't necessarily think it was necessary. I think he's waiting for you, isn't he? Don't let Morrissey get out. Did he get out? <laughs> I don't think it was necessary. He could have done it in other means, but I ultimately liked the decision. As like a technical exercise, but wh- but why though? Did it actually add anything to the movie for you? Yeah, I mean, it, like, it's like, it's like almost you would have like got a, it without that, right? You're also not, you're but not I think stupid. It, it adds to the, like the thematic level of it. Like how? It's like a visual theme. Like it's not just like a like what's in the in the frame. It's like literally the frame. Like. It's beyond just what's on screen. It's how it's presented as well. So (laughs) I'm going to briefly go on a a quick tangent here. One of the books that I hate more than any other book I've ever read in my life is extremely loud and incredibly close. 
And part of the reason why I hate it is because the book does the same thing that Trey Edward Schultz does, where it tries to manipulate the form and play with it to get across its emotional impact, right? So here's the example. I don't think it's that like big of a detractor you know what i mean like if you do have a problem with it like how big of a problem is it it's not it's it's this is a minor thing right but it's something that i noticed and that annoyed me but the reason why i bring up that book i I will point out real quick chelsea didn't even notice the aspect ratio changing not once so and what's the point of that it worked (laughs) (laughs) she was so sucked in (gasps) That she didn't even notice. So in this book, there's this, there's a part towards the end of it where the character is talking about having sheets of paper and is trying to cram what they need to say onto these sheets of paper, right? So that's happening in the book. But rather than just saying that they're running out of room, the book does this thing where the writing like kind of folds in on itself to mimic the, you know... He's running out of room, so we're going to make the text smaller, and we're going to make it writing on top of writing on top of writing. And it's like, do you think I'm an idiot? Like, do you really need... You can't just say, I don't have the space You just for the don't words. like the artistic choice. I don't. That's what I'm getting at. No, I... It doesn't... I, totally valid. Totally valid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I hear I think you. all of this is totally yeah. valid. I Like, I really do think that our whole perception of this movie comes down to i did not relate to it at all and you did yeah for the most part but maybe not every you didn't relate to every aspect of it for me like like i've said this before and i'll say it again movies can be different things and this is not like a a a to b type story this is like at least the a b to c type story and (sighs) like Sure, it's it's not a perfect movie, but I just I like I just loved all of the choices and ultimately like where it landed. And the experience of watching it, like the first half and the second half are so different from each other, but they are like companions to each other. They're all they're not necessarily like mirrors in a sense, but there are like mirrors within the two stories and it's they're two siblings and I don't know. I just. So let's talk about the event that we've been dancing around this whole time. Okay. So Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s character. Did you like the performances real quick? Performances were great, right? Uh, They were fine. No? They were fine. They were just screaming at each other. Like I said, there's three emotions in this no, movie. No, there's more than just screaming, though. Yeah, there's, there's melancholy. <laughs> I don't think. I think. I think they the, give the main actors one note are amazing. All of them. Are I amazing. think they give one note performances across the board. No, I don't think Trey Edward Schultz knows how to direct drama when it's not his fucking mom. I think that's one of the strengths of the film is the performances, which is fair. I don't think they were bad. They just felt one note to me. Sterling or no, not Sterling. Kelvin uh, Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. Gonna be a star. His sister in the movie. Forget her name going to be a star mark my words don't remember her she's gonna be huge <laughs> don't that know the girl, actress's name she's gonna blow but she's up. gonna be huge i thought she was probably the best performance she was of them all. i agree i think she Charlie was. K. brown was really good too hey, he's just but he's fine i don't know i maybe we've just gotten used to him being a good actor but i think he 
Did a good job. He's a fine actor. See, Morrissey agrees. <laughs> so <clears throat> the the event that happens halfway through the movie, the first half of the movie, the perspective is from Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s character. Yep. He has a girlfriend. He's a wrestler. He gets his girlfriend pregnant. He gets has injured in wrestling. Injury. There's all that stuff. It culminates with them breaking up. There's a prom night party. It's prom night, right? Yeah. Prom night party. He is taking pain pills and drinking, drinking alcohol, and he goes to this party, has a big blowout with his family before he leaves, which that was one of the most emotionally false moments of the movie was How? that blow up that he has. Because I just didn't buy it. It was an escalate. Like, they were all... There, everything was up to here. Like at that's 10. how family Everybody drama works, 10. though, dude. Like maybe that's just because I haven't <laughs> maybe, had yeah. that kind of um, family drama. I guess. But it growing just felt, up in my house, that felt it was a lot. That he pushed true. his father to the ground, ran out with the car keys, took the car, goes to the party. I hate to break it to you, Matt, severely but that's what inebriated in domestic experience. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he goes to the party. And I wouldn't need to get too down in the nitty gritty, but he confronts his girlfriend because he thinks that she's fucking another guy. That guy's gay, she tells him. He is a teenager. Yes. He is under the influence of drugs yes. and alcohol. Yes. They do have a very volatile relationship. Yes. They are very antagonizing of each other. Yeah. So it all escalates to this moment. I know, it's fucking ridiculous, right, Morrissey? <laughs> Go ahead. It's just too much. I agree, but... He kills her! But He kills her! And then he goes to prison for the rest of his life! But that happens. But <laughs> I'm not saying that doesn't happen, right? That's whatever. It goes... This mo- the movie shoots for the stars. It goes... Cranks the volume to 11 for oh, yeah. its emotional resonance. It goes, it goes for it, right? <laughs> it goes for it. He gets sentenced to life in prison. But then the, sec- the second half of the movie doesn't do anything with that. I feel like there was no reconciliation of this, this huge event, the fallout that happens from that. I don't think the movie really deals with that. It deals that. with the and family, it, though. And I don't think it does. You do get at least a couple scenes of him where he is... Like one dealing scene. no two in the prison you're talking about yeah. right yep there's just one there's two it's him in the cafeteria it's part yes. of the same thing though it's That's part one. of the same I'll give you another it's one. literally okay I'll give okay. you another okay. one okay. he looks at a picture of his girlfriend while he's laying in his like cell that is the most fucking lifetime hallmark movie bullshit but the thing is, he didn't the fact that he's literally staring at a picture of his girlfriend in jail sentenced to life oh my god what have i done my girlfriend you don't have to do that to me trey or schultz we don't need that i'm not a fucking what idiot. did you want though because you said you wanted something with his character so what did that's you want? not that's nothing that's nothing oh i feel bad because i killed my girlfriend and now i have to spend the rest of my life in prison yeah that's he's it. dealing with that's it that's nothing how is him staring at a picture of his girlfriends dealing with the consequences obviously he regrets what happened that night oh no shit of course he regrets what happened that night but the the second half of the movie isn't spent on him him it's it's spent on his sister dealing with that stuff but i don't think she does that's my issue she does how 
I don't think there's really any. She's like, struggling at terms. the start of the second half. Yeah, and then she has the scene with her dad. Yeah, and all the stuff with her and Lucas Hedges all ties back to like moving on from trauma and loss and yeah. But it's all just surface level and bullshit. Like, it's not saying anything. Is it is though? Because she says like he's a mo- he's a monster. I hate him. I can't stand him for what he did. And then the father basically has to explain to her that. He's not a monster. He's just a human being. And sure, you could be like, no shit, I'm smarter than that. But like, it worked. <laughs> like, I don't know what else you would want. Like, maybe you're just watching the wrong movie. <laughs> what more would I want than that? There's nothing. There's nothing there. I don't understand what you're That's saying. That's nothing. Your brother is a human being. That's that's the emotional like that's the when they but have that on, moment on the water that's what he says yeah and then he also goes on to say love is stronger than anything I else. also think like, that's just a great a great moment though like him and his daughter like opening up to each other like that's what that scene is really about. yes and that's I don't know about you scenes that work and well. this is where I will get into the therapy stuff <laughs> I don't know about you you and your parents relationships but like. I almost feel like my parents could benefit from watching this movie. And I feel like other parents could benefit from watching this movie where like you're afraid to like give your real emotions or you're afraid to really talk about your feelings, especially when it comes to like a situation like this. But like just the thought of them like coming down to earth for each other and like saying, I'm here for you. Like I appreciate you like having this conversation with me because it's a difficult conversation to have. Like I thought that was powerful. Like you could say it's like manipulative or whatever, but I bought it. (laughs) And no, I like, I just think like this is an important movie for like parents and children to watch because I do feel like it goes both ways, but like sometimes it's difficult to really like explain and talk about how you feel. And I think this movie does a good job of, like, trying to break that down a bit. And sure, it's, like, in midst of this, like, tragedy. And sure, everything is heightened. But, like, we're watching a movie. And, like, we watch movies for those, like, heightened moments and emotions. So, like, to me, it doesn't ring false. And there was a lot of, like, truth to it beyond just it being a movie. Like, it it felt realistic. But, again, like... I could see how it could be manipulative and also gimmicky and but for me it worked <laughs> totally no totally and I think uh, going back to it I think the issue is that we're just we're approaching it from different perspectives and usually this kind of like high drama like emotional intensity stuff works for me and I felt like I was being manipulated that was my perspective and because of that <clears throat> Everything that happened in the movie was just kind of dogpiling on itself. And I don't, I feel like the movie, at least from my perspective, is, is thin. Like, I'm not going to call myself an emotionally complex creature. It's not thin. But it felt to me like this was all just like kindergarten emotion shit. Like, very basic. Surprised you haven't said after school special. <laughs> <laughs> it just it didn't feel honest to me. I felt like I was being manipulated in a bad way, 
and it turned me off from the whole experience (laughs) and everything from the artistic choices that are made coming across to me as being try hard scene (laughs) the sprinkler scene yeah when they're high on ecstasy and they're like running through the sprinklers lucas hedges and the the sister yeah it felt like what people on ecstasy would do did you think it was cool visually or artistically? No. Like the No, the water getting the, on the camera and the uh, rainbows. Loved no. It, loved it was horseshit. <laughs> it was a more emotional horseshit. But that's like that that would be like the feeling or sense you would get if you were in that moment. What, being happy? Like you would get water in your eyes, like the colors would look kind of different or cool through like the reflection of the water, like But what did that what did that teach us about those characters? They were having a, a lovely moment with each other. Yeah. What else do you need? They did ecstasy and they ran around some sprinklers. Yeah. I don't think that did anything. But it was just like characters. a moment of like happiness. Yeah. Like joy or bliss or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. And again, I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that <clears throat> in and of itself, but it's just emotional kindergarten it's like oh look at these characters having a happy moment together isn't that great that they can no, experience but they're getting this to happy know moment? each other like i don't know like i i felt like i had probably a moment like that growing up like <laughs> it just feels <laughs> juvenile the whole movie feels i'm gonna call it emotional kindergarten because I, like, I like the ring of that the the perspective is like of a high schooler <clears throat> this is a, a he's probably like trader schultz is probably in his early 30s but he's still writing and producing art like he's, he's in a high young school. filmmaker and he is projecting a like a story f- from his adolescence. Like I don't like I don't just don't like look Jonah Hill made mid 90s like would you call that juvenile or No, I wouldn't call that movie juvenile at all. Really? Even though the kid <laughs> in that is fucking like 12 years old, I would not call that movie juvenile. But like there's moments in that that ring true and feel very like, you know, it of, feels of a childhood. Yes. I would say the same thing about this. I would not. Okay. Well, we let we led different lives <laughs> up until this point. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? Real quick. This is the longest cigarette break that's ever happened. Spinning camera. Kind of bring it back. We're bringing quick. it back to the spinning camera. So, Convince me, please. Okay. So you get the the symbolism behind the spinning camera, right? Just like the life's symbolism moving. behind the spinning. Just like camera? life's moving so fast, and like you know, maybe he's spiraling down the drain. Yeah, it's blurry and it looks like shit. But doesn't actually service the story in any I know meaningful you'll hate this. way. I know you hate this. Okay, but the 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 spin at the start with Kelvin and his girlfriend, it spins and ends with the shot going out the back window. Same scene with this. The sister and Lucas Hedges, scene spinning. The shot goes out the front window. Boom. Five out of five. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to retroactively change my star rating <laughs> no. from a 1.5 to a 5. Oh. Trey Edward Schultz is a genius. Like, that is honestly not the, point the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's amazing. Like, I bow before the throne of Trey Edward Schultz. he's just being an asshole. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, this guy's a genius. Holy shit. Holy shit, I think Tom. you're being way too insensitive. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Are you kidding me? No. 
No. What, that just goes to prove why my point that he's just... Why can Malik and Lynch get away with all their bullshit, but Trevor Schultz tries something and is just fucking Malik sent to the wall. He's a poet. Oh, my God. Trevor Schultz is Spielberg trying to be... He's no, not no, 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 no. no, no. He's, he's Michael Bay trying to I'm gonna be... I'm going to turn off my, my mic. <laughs> he's Michael Bay trying to be... Spike Lee in this movie. That's disrespectful. Yeah. Terrence is the Walt Whitman of our generation. Exactly. Hell yeah, dude. Wait, did you say Terrence? Oh, Trey. Terry. <laughs> Trey. <laughs> Terrence Malik. Anyway, anything else? You know I'm giving you shit. Like, I understand man. what you're saying. No, no, no I it's just, fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. We, d- we differ from time to time. I think you're... Some of your points are valid, but you're being very insensitive, and you're you're. I'm you're disregarding your emotional. You're focusing like, too much on the bad, and you're not giving enough credit to the good. I struggle to find the good in this movie, but that's me. Well, maybe you should not. I do. I will. You should admit, try and find the good in this movie and in life. Have I been flippant about how this movie has resonated with you specifically in your own personal experience? Yes. Because it makes me laugh, and I think it makes for good podcasting. What a dick! But hey, at the end of the day, do I still think it's a garbage? movie? The wrestling yes, scenes, come on, pretty great. Yeah, the spinning camera Woo! kills. Yeah, the cam- flip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoa! <laughs> you take make two dudes wrestle and make the camera spin around them. It's Barry Jenkins had a spinning camera. Pretty visceral. Tbh. Barry Jenkins had a spinning camera. He did have a spinning camera. Moonlight. Well, yeah, duh, but... Well, I, I remember the scene. It's when he's in, like, his neighborhood. Oh, yeah. didn't like it there either. Did not like it there either. Oh, loved it. Barry it Jenkins is a hack. Great in that. That scene? No, 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 it was too fast. It was too blurry. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. God. Didn't like it. Is it Matt, it's look, funny that oh, you bring that real up, quick, real, real quick. <laughs> if the movie doesn't follow the, the path that Matt wants, it's garbage. Dunkirk, oh, That's didn't have enough character development. I don't understand this. Movie sucks. <laughs> you liked Sorcerer, though. Like, Yeah, it's a great movie. My thing is, movie can be movies can be different things. Yeah. Waves was trying to be a different thing than a normal movie, and I think it succeeded. Period. So, uh, I just have one question. Did... Was the Kanye song chosen Waves? No. That was one of them. That was in there. Waves was in there. It was? Yeah. I Am A God was also in there. That was a great use of I Am A God. It was. I'll give him that. There you go. Waves, though. Come on. How much more... All the Frank Ocean stuff? On the nose could it be? I, I love the whole thing about Waves. I think it fits perfectly with this Film. 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 Not a movie, it's a film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's leave this this conversation yeah. buried. We'll bury the hatchet and leave it behind us. Until I watch it. Enough talk about high art. We'll bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're gonna have to do the whole spoilers conversation again. Um, okay, so let's move into what we've been watching. I'm not gonna talk about everything because I watched quite a bit of stuff, but um I'll go first. I watched Probably, I think I'm gonna do two things that I think you also saw, Travis. Okay, Atlantics. Atlantics and I lost my body are the two. Okay, let's do it. What are we doing, Atlantics? Yep, loved it. Tom, do you know what Atlantics <laughs> is? No, are these movies? Yeah, both on Netflix. 
I don't know them. Atlantics is, uh, I think, an African movie. I don't know what Female it is. Female filmmaker. Um, it's weird. It is weird. I think the movie is very strange and a little obtuse. And I had a hard time kind of connecting with it on an emotional level. It's a movie about like longing, I guess, and trying to make connections with people and misconnections. And there's like a supernatural element to it that was cool. Social issues. Yeah. There's some class and social socioeconomic issues that I do find interesting, but I couldn't help but feel the movie was a little cold. I don't know. I, I kind of came out the I, other side feeling a little cold. I gave it a five, but I saw that. I'm probably more four and a half just because it's a little slow and yeah, maybe a, a little difficult to like resonate with. It's a beautiful movie, but yeah, like the movie looks amazing. I thought the effect of like the, the supernatural aspect was like very simple, but effective. Like, I don't know how effective it was. For I me, guess I anyway. just I like the idea or thought of it. Like it's it's very simple. Like you know, conceptually, it's, yeah. Like not a lot of budget or like went into. It's an it. easy thing to explore. Yeah, but I think it was done well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought the score was pretty awesome. It was, yeah. Um, and then just yeah, like the whole through line of the story, the social issues that they had to deal with. It was like a. You could you could call it like a somewhat perfect movie, even though it may not be like the most amazing <laughs> movie you ever saw. It's hard to find like faults in it, other than maybe it's a little slow at times and maybe a little like hard to like fully grasp the emotions. But beyond that, it's hard to fault it otherwise. I don't. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I don't think the movie necessarily does anything wrong. I just don't think it landed with me personally in in any kind of like life-changing way like not that a movie has to be life-changing but i got what the movie was going for it was a cool premise and it looked beautiful and it sounded beautiful but yeah it didn't resonate with me and maybe that's just because this is a movie that was made halfway across the world and it's just not for me specifically well, but it it works. It's I a good movie. I'm not sure of like the language or like the country it was it was set in, but I'm pretty sure the director is French. Yes, and like they were dealing with a cast of like a different language in a different country. So I mean, I'm not like trying to give the movie like credit where it's not necessarily due, but I'm sure that was like somewhat of a difficult task. A barrier the yeah. there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think you would probably like it, Tom. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's good. It, I'm intrigued. It's good. It's strange. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get very specific, but... Um, and then on the flip side, a movie that I think I liked a lot more than you did, because I saw your rating. Yeah, I don't know if that movie was for me. I, I, lost, my, I lost my body. <laughs> I lost my patience. This is a <laughs> French animated movie about, again, kind of similar things, like connection and love better or worse than idle hands <laughs> better <laughs> it's a very strange movie it's about 
the protagonist gets his hand cut off and the hand like roams around the city trying to find his not master but the 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 protagonist he's trying to find him so you have his these body. sequences yeah. of like the birds fucking with the hand and the hand like hiding behind things and but really it's just a more it's more of a movie about finding connection in the modern world and love and relationships and it's it's a very strange movie but i like the music in it I like the performances. Question for you. Did you watch the dubbed version or subtitles? Subtitled. I watched the dubbed version. Is that the the right version to watch? Well, I liked it. I don't know. It was... Um, what was the default? Dev Dev Patel. Default, default was dubbed. Maybe I did watch Dev that. Patel. <laughs> <laughs> Dev Patel did the voice of the main character. And the girl... Mary Elizabeth Winstead, maybe? Mm-hmm. I'd have to double check it. Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's about this guy who's like a pizza delivery guy. And he has this like, you know, experience with this woman who he's trying to deliver pizza to. And then they, it's kind of a weird stalker relationship thing. But I thought it was beautiful, beautifully animated. I thought it was poignant. I liked it a lot. Any uh, Adam's Family nods in there? No. You think it's going to best animated feature? <clears throat> no. Toy Story 4? Yeah. Do I think it should? Has yes. Toy Story 1 every year it's been like nominated or released? I can't say for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did the best animated feature exist back in 95 or whenever Toy Story I don't know. was introduced? I don't know when they, uh, when they first started doing that. Me neither. That's a good question. But anyway, I liked it. You liked it but didn't love it, right? I yeah, I feel like I'd maybe need to watch it again. It was good. Um It was okay. <laughs> uh Tom, you got anything? Uh a couple things. Um I'm caught up on Bojack now. I am still not caught up on Bojack. You you just need to watch the first half of the final season, right? I've seen I think maybe two episodes from the the last. It's really good. Yeah, I've heard. It's really It comes good. back next month, so. And it ends on so the final season is really, um, really just dealing with the consequences, right? And uh, of all the shitty things that BoJack has done. Yeah, I've heard it's less uh, absurd. It is less than absurd. other other seasons. And uh, it's um, so the first half of the season is a little bit feel good, but you know that it can't just all be feel good, right? right. So. Towards the end, it hints like the way that the final episode of the first half ends. You know that we're going to be dealing with the the real deal stuff in the in the back half. So I'm excited for that. I think that's January. Sometime. End of January. It's like the 28th or something like that. Yeah. Seventh. Yeah. So I'll be excited for that. Um, I watched the first couple episodes of The Witcher. I've been wanting to dive into that. I've heard it's horny as fuck. Oh. Uh. Not in the first two episodes. First two episodes are horrible. Really? It's really bad. Even as a Witcher fan. It is really, really bad. Did you hear the thing about Henry Cavill? Do you see his dong? Well, probably. But (laughs) uh, some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff that came out was that Henry Cavill is so shredded that his abs were like wearing down the costumes and they were falling (laughs) apart. (laughs) 
Because he has like literal washboard abs that were just what? like ripping through his clothing. That's what they said. That they had to, that's like, the most ridiculous make thing I've ever heard. Multiple costumes because he's just so fucking. He's ripped. shredded. So ripped. I mean, he if is. you knew Geralt, if you knew Geralt, you would know. He Old is. boy is hard. <laughs> so you're saying this was a character thing? Like he got in the shape for this character? No, or? he's, he's, he's Superman. He bro. was Superman, well, I know, but... and then he was he was. Um, Super yoked for Mission Man Impossible from too. Uncle. Yeah, but he's pretty burly. And in... he's really burly still. Oh, okay. Yeah, really burly. Yeah, dude. Did he cut? Did he cut some weight? Is he in fighting shape right now? I don't know. You can't tell under all that armor. Mm. Uh, now, what's his Geralt? His Geralt is bad. But Geralt's already kind of bad. No, Geralt's charismatic. Geralt? Yeah. Charismatic is the last word I would use for Geralt. This is a character he's kind from of a robot. The Witcher, yeah? Yes. Okay. No, he's, he's ve- the Witcher. Okay. He's very he's very um likable. I love him very as a character. Mon- well, me too, but he's very monotone. Yes. And there's Henry not much does emotional that, range Hen- there. Oh, right, sure. but he's got some personality. He's kind of funny, you know. He does a couple do, things. Um his accent is not the strongest, and uh, I don't think Henry Cavill is a good enough actor to portray a monotone character in a way that's like nuanced enough to give some, make it interesting. But the way that the episodes are structured, at least so far, uh, if someone has not played The Witcher... It's going to be really, really convoluted. Mm. The references that they make, the locations, the the uh, um, like Nilfgaard, you know, is talked about a lot. But you know, well, so the, far, how do how would you know what that is if you exactly? Don't have so so far in the story, it's just like these. Um, they reference things in The Witcher in the way that Lord of the Rings sometimes would reference something kind of obscure that's really just for the fan but in lord of the rings you don't need that so much to follow what's going on in the story you get enough of the juice to be like okay i get it um i don't think they do that very well in the witcher thus far uh i think the performances are really bad and the the way that the episodes are structured hour long yeah they're an hour long and they feel pretty side questy they feel very video video game structure you know and that's fine in a video game because you want to spend most of your time playing the game you Mm -hmm. know you want a little bit of exposition and then you go do your thing and if you really want to dive deep into the lore they give you like quest logs that you can go read in the start menu you know who reads those i read some of those things sometimes they're interesting (laughs) nerd yeah totally this is a it's a nerds game right and they're trying they made the show for nerds but the for Witcher nerds or just nerds for Witcher nerds, <laughs> but they don't. Um, video game storylines are not good enough for TV or for movies. They just aren't. Like even The Witchers, which are excellent. Um, what about The Last of Us? <laughs> well, when we haven't so seen it, the room. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. So, and that's one continuous story, right? The Witcher's more a little bit more sporadic. Uh, the other thing is. Um, so one of the best parts about the Witcher game is the moral ambiguity that permeates throughout the story. And um, in the game, they do a really good job of it because you're presented with choices 
you as the character make the choice and then you go do the thing. And sometimes you wonder, oh, I wonder how that would have played out if I'd done something different. And then for the big, uh, sometimes there are these big sort of tangential storylines that are not through lines throughout the entire game, but they're big chunks of it, right? These like chapters kind of. Mm -hmm. And when you conclude one of those, they did this really cool thing where they did sort of a summary of what happened. They give you a synopsis and they did it in this, uh, you know, beautifully illustrated cutscene. And it would be Geralt's internal dialogue that would, that would uh, narrate over the top, right? Like I did this, I did that. This was the situation. This was like the political landscape. And, you know, who knows what would have happened if I'd made another choice, but this is what, this is what I have to live with. Yeah. They just shoehorn that into the episode by having other characters say that they literally just say like, you have to make a choice and you'll never know what the what the result of the other choice would be it sounds so stupid it sounds terrible even in the first episode they have two characters say the same thing about the same decision like they just are really hammering that home and trying to convey the same magic that the game had but it sounds so stupid in in a tv show so is this show covering the story of the games or is it a whole new no, it's a different storyline. Story it's a different storyline. Some of the things are referenced. Because like, there's, what, three Witchers? Huh? No. Right? No. No, I mean, like, isn't there three games? Oh, the three games? Yeah. Oh, well, that's true. I don't know the other games. You just know Witcher 3? I only know Witcher 3. And they're based on a series of books. So you're introduced mm. to Yennefer in episode two, and uh, she has not come into her own yet. Okay. She doesn't have her power yet. She's got some weird background stuff. So this is this must be early, early Witcher because me and you only know Witcher three, the video game. Yeah, Geralt and Yennefer are very established characters by that point. So. Right. So in the first episode, you learn why he's called Butcher Blaviken. That's the first episode. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Do you know, Do you know why? Why he's called that? Yeah. I mean, I know there was like a, a battle in his past where he like did some fucked up shit. Mm. But that's that's as far as it gets in The Witcher Three, which is all I played. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily that doesn't matter in the context of the game because yeah. it's like that's just like a little piece of world building for yeah, for mean, me. Anyway. Story yeah, it's just world building. Game. <laughs> I I don't know. So I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't say if it's following something from one of the former games. I don't think it is. I don't so far like the uh, the visual effects, the monsters. I haven't. There's only been one real monster that opens the first episode uh, thus far, but there were some weird characters in the second episode that I thought didn't look that good. The humor was not good. And it's weird. I keep seeing stuff on the internet of just fanboys who love it. They're making memes out of it. They're telling everybody to see it. They're begging for season two. They're just like, they're creaming. They're right? versions. I need to see, I need to see this thing. Because uh, I'm curious. The the fight scenes are some of them are pretty cool. The there's a scene uh, in the toward the end of the first episode that was like brutal, where Geralt just goes ham, and he uses some of his powers. He uses his uh, push power and oh, his yeah. mind control power one time. Mm-hmm. Um. So I like again if you hadn't. If you didn't know any of that, you'd be like, whoa, what the what fuck is this guy was doing? That? Yeah. 
Um, I think I'll probably stick with it for another episode or two just to see what it goes into just cause I'm curious and it's like an easy watch when there's nothing else going on. But so far I, I think it's pretty terrible. Failed attempt at Netflix's game of Thrones. Yeah, I guess so. I just don't see how this could catch on with an audience. Well, that yeah, the way you're explaining it doesn't sound like it's going to catch on, which I'm assuming. Th- there's just nothing there. To People hold, are liking it, you. though. Oh, okay. And the so they're hinting that these two storylines or three storylines now that they've established are going to kind of converge um, later on. So I kind of want to be around for when that happens. But uh, yeah, thus far, not even remotely impressed like they is really... it because you're a fan of the game though or do you think you'd be that i'm watching well no that like you have problems with it no no it's not because i don't think so okay because I, I definitely won't watch i don't it. see something that's <laughs> so... made after a video game and say oh i have to see that yeah i feel like maybe if anything you would like it even less if you didn't have reverence for the video game maybe i don't know, you know if other I mean? people like, are you... enjoying it it's like it is um, truly uh, just empty calories fantasy at this point. You know, there's a guy in a bar. He's at a he's at a pub. He's drinking. He's the mysterious stranger. He fucks up some people. You What's know. going on with this guy? What's yeah, his deal? Yeah. Well, Let's find out. But I, So I think while I, the reason I'll stick around is because I want to see more monsters. I want to see more fighting. And I want to see if any. Henry Cavill's dong. I, yeah. Sure, if or that's dong. a thing. <laughs> Have you seen any dong If it's yet? a thing. <laughs> uh, any no. dong? Any no. nudity? Yeah, a little bit, but not any gratuitous. Any gore? Like, yeah, lots of... For the gore hounds? The gore was... In that one fight scene I mentioned, that was, that was very yeah. gory. Hmm. I'm on board, honestly. All you've done is convince me to watch it hey, you i'd be curious to hear what you think you know because you played the game mm-hmm. and maybe you'll have a different perspective i just think so far the writing is pretty pretty poor yeah anyone uh of note behind the behind the scenes behind i don't know the camera i don't know yeah the writing I, room? Also don't know. I haven't i don't re- think so <laughs> i haven't recognized any other actors besides henry um that's a problem <laughs> right if he's the only known actor in your series that's a problem. Yeah, no, not necessarily. Just, oh, come on. The only known actor in fucking Waves is Sterling K. Brown. That's not true. Lucas Hedges to an extent, I guess. He's <clears throat> very well. He's not a household name, though. In the indie realm, he's... Yeah, well, uh, this is the video game realm we're talking about, not the indie film circuit realm. So, uh, And remember... You remember in season... <laughs> or episode... Oh, my gosh. The Witcher 3. The narrator is that bard character, and he meets up with Geralt a couple times in the game. Mm-hmm. So they've introduced a bard in the second episode who's like just randomly following Geralt around, and he's super annoying. So I hope that's that's probably going to be through the whole season. Like Jar Jar Binks annoying? Uh, you know the answer no. to that question is no. It's <laughs> <That's> not possible. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right, what else we got, Travis? Um, I could do a couple. Do a couple. We're uh, we're approaching brief. three hours. I will be I do have to go get dinner for family. I will so. be brief. Yeah. Uh, watch the kid who would be king. Joe Cornish's new movie. 
Yeah. The guy who directed Attack the Block. Look like a piece of butt. It's a very like middle of the road, like kid fantasy type movie. Pretty disappointing coming from the Attack the Block guy. He had a lot of hype coming to him after that. But, uh, and that was quite a while ago. So for this to be his next thing is just kind of weird. Kind of a wet noodle. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Watched uh, The Standoff at Sparrow's Creek. It's a movie that I think is technically 2019 release. Uh, kind of boring. Pretty talky. Not really for me, but it's on Hulu if you're interested. You sold me. Nightingale's number one for me on Hulu right now. You got to watch it. I got it. It's brutal, but gotta. it's real good. Um, oh, I watched Monos, which is a indie form. This is on my radar. Where is this? Where did you watch it? I rented it on Fandango. Oh, God. You were Fandango. How much was it? I think it was like seven, but I had a $5 coupon. So it was, it was six maybe. So I think Is there an Xbox app? Is that how you do this? How do you do this? I do it on my TCL, my TV. It has a Roku There's app. There's a phone app? Oh, wait. It's Roku. F- Roku's built into my TV, so it's through Roku. Oh, there's a Fandango out there. But you probably have Fandango. Did you ever set up that Google thing I gave you? Uh, probably, I don't know. Probably not. Well, Is Nightingale it's on there, I'm sure. 2018 or 2014? Nightingale? 2018. The Nightingale. No, it's a 2019 movie. Yeah. But I think it premiered at a film festival in 2018. Yeah. Oh. It's Andrew the new said Jennifer Kent. Um, it's the new uh, Duke. Chaplin said he saw this and that it was oh, yeah. it was really good. Oh shit! Well, if the chaplain says it's good, he also said it was brutal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's both. All right. Anyway, Monos. so Monos, uh, not a fan. Thought I was gonna love it. First five minutes, the visuals were creaming, and I was like, oh, this thing's gonna be top ten of the year for sure. But it just kind of does that for like almost felt like two hours. No, hour and 42 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like the story was not quite there. And there were some cool visuals, but I couldn't really get into the story. It's kind of got like a Lord of the Flies vibe. Maybe it's because I'm not like from the country it's filmed in and I don't get the like the social aspects. But somewhat disappointing just given all the hype surrounding it. Um, Watched Life Animated from a couple years ago. You ever heard of that documentary? Nope. It's on Amazon Prime. I think you would like it. Life animated. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, It's about a... Not not necessarily a kid. It's like a a guy who has autism. Um, But, you know, you go, like, through his life and, like, his struggles of dealing with autism through his whole life. Um, But he can, like, relate or, like, get emotions from Disney movies so, like, Ooh. basically, like, his whole, like, repertoire of, like, interaction is, like, all through Disney movies. This sounds like a dystopian nightmare movie. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's it's really sweet. And yeah. there's, like, some good moments in it. Um, but, yeah, it's just a, a cool story. I mean, sure, you could call it, like, a, a fluff piece or just, like, I don't know. It's kind of, like, easy like sentimental sentimental yeah but like it's a real story and like it's about a real family and just like his relationship with the movies and like how his family all like deals with that and interacts with him and stuff like it's it's uh definitely worth the watch real quick before your next one 
all this Disney live action shit, I have had zero interest in. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, all of it. Saw the Mulan trailer for the first time. In? 100% on board. <laughs> Mulan looks dope. <laughs> I Tom, don't think it does. Way in? No? Um, it looks okay. I think it's super cool that Disney is putting this much money into like <clears throat> an East Asian... Yeah. Well, uh, feudal battle type I, thing. I don't think we should give Disney too much credit. Mulan was a big I'm not. success. Yes. And it's been like getting primed for years now. Even Rick and Morty has been helping out the whole Mulan yes. craze. But it looks cool from production value, like I what they've been it. able to pump into I didn't the... see a Mushu, so. Count not yet. Not yet. It's got to be a Mushu. Some of the trailer just felt like. Too much like dress up almost. You know what I mean? It did look very dress up y. When they come in. The costumes just. So gaudy. I didn't necessarily buy the costumes. They were unrealistically nice. Everybody was wearing the nicest things ever. Yeah, because this is a fantasy. It's not actually rooted. I mean, it's rooted in history to a minimal extent, but. I didn't think the Huns looked grimy enough. Well, obviously, if this was based in history. Everyone would be and fucking covered like in mud and be fucking everything. Why are they that changing they see. his badass falcon into color a color palette? Lady. Was way too bright for this. Love Disney it. Movie. I love it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm on board with this like Disney Disneyfication of history. This like twee bright color. Good Whoever versus evil directed, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That should have been the person that got to do Ang Lee. They should have had Ang Lee do it. No, have you seen what he's made in the past couple of years? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, I haven't seen it, but. Have you seen it? I think I've seen a couple things. What do you make? Uh, Billy Walker's halftime walk at the fourth hour oh. of the... Okay, didn't see that. Wait, is he directing this? Mulan? No. Oh, okay. But he, Sorry, we're I checked talking out Ang for a Lee. second. Ang Lee. Don't, if you say one negative thing about Ang Lee, gloves are coming No, no, no. <laughs> I'm the one who's talking... He was asking what Ang Lee has done recently. Oh. Gemini Man, Billy Walker's... Whatever Billy that Lynn's halftime walk. Whatever that is. Life of Pi. Life banger. of Pi is a Love f- Life fucking of Pi. banger. Life of Pi is amazing. Yeah, Life of Pi killed. Uh, Ice Storm, one of his earlier works, but also He directed Hulk Mountain. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Banger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pun, pun intended. <laughs> All right. All right. Back to my list. Yeah. This is the one you're going to want to chime into. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Death of Dick Long. You heard of that? I have heard of it. Okay, I've heard it's quite racy. Amazing title. Amazing poster. Pretty good. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, let me see this thing. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, half, half of the director duo of... The Daniels. Yeah. Right. So who did the... Who were... Who, I don't know which fucking Who are the Daniel. Daniels? Oh, Swiss Army what Man. Did they do? Swiss yeah. Army Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's half of them. Uh, it half. starts <laughs> out with... A cum joke. No. A stain. Joke. A stain song. What? It's been okay. a while. Where did you watch this? Where did you watch this? <laughs> it's another... Fandango? Fandango. I gotta get, I gotta get on Fandango. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Uh, are, you, are you seriously... There's Half a, of the team behind Swiss Army Man. Yeah. It opens There's with a Creed song. A stain song? There's a POD song. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not This kidding movie. You. I don't even care what your opinion is. I have to see this movie. 2019, uh, right? Yep. Oh, man. A24. 
oh, is man. behind it. Bye bye, Brad Astra. Should we make a movie night of it? I already watched it, but you guys can. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't inviting you. Yeah, uh, fuck you, Travis. Yeah, I don't ever want to watch a movie with you guys again. Last time was brutal, but. <laughs> Why? Because we shit on Mandy? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was almost a year ago. That was my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. We haven't watched a movie in a year. Ouch. Did we, have we seen a movie in the theater all together? Mm. Yeah. I feel like we did, right? Did we? Yeah, I think we did. Dunkirk. That, that, was, that was like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, we need to change that. We got Anyways, it. Anyways, Death of Dick Long, liked it quite a bit. Wasn't like perfect by any means. Not going to be on my year-end list. Would you apply all those same thoughts to Swiss Army Man? No. Did I you think like that movie? Swiss Ar- yeah, I liked it a lot. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Swiss Army Man's better, but this yeah. is definitely... Uh, I don't think it was on your top ten there, bud. Was it wasn't. It, it okay, wasn't. Well, mm. But it was like Fringe. If that, <laughs> it's, it's like a first man situation. That was situation. my number two. It's so. like a first man situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 100% on board with that now. Yeah. I, I feel no, you. No, you should watch it. It's okay. very low budget. Um, there's not really any like known actors in it. It's got a weird sense of humor. It almost feels like it wants to be like a Coen Brothers type movie. Um, it's essentially like very bad things where like there's an event that happens and then like things just continue to escalate. But like they don't really need to escalate. It's like almost like all internal with the characters it impacts. Is it like cheap thrills that that? pseudo horror movie where it, but i would say it's more in vain of like very bad things which is also like that rough night movie i think that yeah Sparjo it was basically did. a ripoff yeah. of it yeah it's more like that or like not necessarily like a simple plan because it's almost it's like a cover-up type thing that they're trying to do but there's reason for it but it really doesn't need to escalate to where it escalates but it does so it's just like this like ridiculous setup yeah. and that's where you get like some of the humor of like the coen brothers where it's like offbeat or off kilter um but i liked it it looks good too there's some some good shots given the like the budget and the the setting all right i got to i got to get in on a fan bango at this point <laughs> I watched, uh, so the last thing I'll talk about is Love and Tosha. Oh, I thought you were going to say Love Island, and I got so excited. <laughs> no. Finally taking the jump. This is the documentary Love and about Tosha. Anton. Yelkin. Yes. <laughs> that guy. Most uh, known for uh, Thoroughbreds and Green Star Trek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably, to be honest, it is. Star Trek, Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. On a mainstream level, yeah. Um, so it's basically like a tribute, like fluff piece about him and his wife and his, you know, the tragedy that him and his family went through. Got pinned down by a Jeep, like a dummy. Come on. Horribly tragic. Don't be insensitive. But come on. You've done enough It's like Elvis, it's like Elvis dying on the toilet, (laughs) like getting run over by your own car when it's parked. It's pretty sad. It's very sad. It's just like Elvis dying on the toilet. Very sad, but embarrassing. Little, little, just... A little embarrassing, admit it. I can't believe a little embarrassing. Elvis wasn't like in Matt, his twenties, though. Tragic, Matt, yes. I'm a lifeless soul. Embarrassing, a little. I'm bit. a lifeless soul. A little bit. I bawled my eyes out during and after watching this movie. Okay, I 100 percent probably would too. Literally took a shower I after watched Anton. it and was just crying. Is this Gleason? Is this Gleason all over again? Didn't no, you cry watching it, that? Yeah, I did, but I don't think this will hit you as hard as Gleason. Okay, but it hit me. Okay, almost as hard as Gleason. <laughs> uh, 
Well, okay. So yeah, it just gets into a lot about like his life. I didn't really know much about him outside of his acting career. And you could probably say that about most actors, but like didn't know he had cystic fibrosis and dealt with that. Like didn't know that. Uh, that's the main thing that was like a surprise, but like he had a really like strong relationship with his parents. Like he was super into his craft. Like he, he took his job very seriously. He just seemed like a fun loving guy. And sure. Of course, like no one's going to say anything bad about him after the fact, but they get like a lot of big names to like chime in. Yeah. Like Nicholas Cage narrates part of this. Whoa. John Voight. Did they ever work it. together? JJ's in it. Yeah. They did. The Cage and Anton? They did like some like I think direct to video <laughs> like thriller. <laughs> I don't, <know. laughs> don't ask. JJ. Oh, Star Trek. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Okay. Uh, Chris Pine. Like, there's a lot of Jennifer Lawrence, Jodie Foster. Jennifer Lawrence. The Beaver. She was in the Beaver. Jennifer Lawrence was in the Beaver. Yeah. Is Mel Gibson in there? With the Beaver? <laughs> no, he's not, not in interested. <laughs> not interested. But it's really good. And the ending, of course, just got to me. Is this a fan fan banger? This was Amazon Prime, but rented it. Or sorry, Amazon like rent. Okay, so you pay Prime. for it like a chump. Rented it for ninety nine cents though. Worth it. Where do you get these deals? I just scours the internet. We're just fine. Google just alerts. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> if you if you all aren't doing it, you should be doing it. But if you if you have a list, you can order your tickets through Fandango with your a list, and every four tickets you order through Fandango. God, that's so much work. You get no, a, it's not any. Do you get a hot work. dog? It's I want a hot dog. That's what I want. No, you get five dollars off. You get a five dollar Fandango coupon, and you can use that it's towards not even half streaming rentals. You can a use that dog. towards like another ticket at a non AMC theater. Who would do that? I don't know. But anyways, I've been building. My Fandango library like crazy. And, oh, another An- Anton Yelchin banger right there. Like crazy. Have you seen that? Oh, I love Like Crazy. It's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Right. Okay. That was your uh, last one? Documentary. Good movie. Well, I'm talking about my, my deals right now. This is, <laughs> this is going to be helpful to you guys and the listeners. I know. But if you want some $5 coupons to Fandango, do what I do. And then you can get these, you know, primo rentals for like... Should we post a blog? Close to a buck. Mm-hmm. Travis's tips. But, <laughs> yeah, I could just spend money I don't have yeah. and just buy them full but price. When you buy, <laughs> right now, if you buy stuff on Amazon.com, if you select the, uh, I don't need it in two days. I could get it a little bit later. Yeah. They give you a dollar promo video credit. And I've just been racking those things up this season. I Everything this I buy, season. I buy it in a single order. Are we in the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> crunch time <laughs> but dude i did all my christmas shopping i checked out one or one item at a time so i oh. could get a dollar promo that every single order so and now i got like 15 or 20 dollars that is credit. way more I worth am, than i am no, willing no, 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 to no. put in i'm have reporting you, ever, you have you ever dealt with the amazon app it's two clicks everything's two clicks I'm do you understand you. the labor involved with all of those different orders being shipped separately no, no, they packed them together the poor they do pack them together yeah. even though you're doing them separate orders yeah, that's their come on bro you know it's all that machine is their learning. problem to deal with not <laughs> the robots i'm submitting the orders it's up to them to sort them out and ship them and send them it's because around. of you that people can't take bathroom breaks exactly anyways 
I'm making out like a bandit. I'm going to miss see all the 2019 bangers for less than a couple bucks. Fan, the fan bangers. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm done. Okay. That's enough freebies for the, y'all. The rest <laughs> of my movies, I'm going to describe what they are and tell you if you should watch them, and that's it. Okay. Dolomite is my name. Uh, it's a classic four-star movie. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yes, classic four-star movie. It's a biopic. <laughs> Dolomites. Eddie Murphy gives a great performance. You should watch it. It's solid. Not a must-see. Boom. Most four-star movie you saw of 20 No, not the most four-star movie. The most four-star movie I saw was probably uh, Elite Battle Angel. Oh, my God. <laughs> that movie kills, dude. Something just that came movie up. kills. Uh, I, might up, I, may, I might need to bump that one up. Uh, in the tall grass. In the tall grass. I was really hoping you would have given up on Alita Battle Angel. No way, now. dude. I'm going to... If anything, we're just getting started. Well, real quick. Alita Battle Angel or The Rise of Skywalker? Alita Battle Angel. Oh, my God. Big time. 100%, dude. I love Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> I can't wait. You know what? Just because you said that, I'm gonna. I got Amazon gift credit right now. I'm getting Battle Angel 4K, <laughs> force feeding the shit out of it. <laughs> I'm putting it up there with the Brad Astras and the High Lifes. You do. You it's a space movie. It's a space movie. Yeah, technically, yes. in the tall grass. Stephen King garbage. adaptation garbage. Don't watch it. Started strong, kinda sucks. Movie sucks. So boring. High flying bird. Steven Soderbergh is the fucking jobber. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh is the worst. High flying bird is so boring. Basketball sucks. Move on. The night before Christmas. Selena Gomez. Movie Gross. sucks. Kind of sweet. Made me cry at one point. I'm not gonna go over that. <laughs> two out of five. Don't watch it unless you love it. Watch it. Two. So two stars. One for each tier. Yes. <laughs> uh, Brittany runs a marathon. Banger. Solid. Good movie. Watch it. Amazon Prime. Uh, plot synopsis. Brittany runs a marathon. Watch it. Funny guy. Right. Side, side character. Funny guy. Pretty side good. character. Funny guy. Who are you talking about? Her friend. The gay you know, guy? The funny guy. The funny guy, guy who she like. Oh, that guy. The one at the, the house. Guy. That funny guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who the funny guy. Funny guy. He's good. He's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brittany, was marath- Brittany runs a marathon. Brittany runs a marathon. It's good. was Watch a marathon. It. Hail Satan? Question mark? Mm. It's about the Satanic Temple, which is a relatively recent spinoff of the uh, Church of Satan, founded by Anton LaVey. Very politically minded, not about worshiping Satan. It's about, you know, loving all people, drawing inspiration from the self and being moral. I resonated with it. Not that great of a movie. It's kind of uninteresting. But I also kind of know what the Satanic Temple is all about. Honestly, thinking about joining a chapter of the Satanic Temple, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's a different uh, If you do, if we need to have a party. Well, there's, a, there's a Seattle chapter of the Satanic if Temple. If you join, we need to have like... It's not a, about worshiping Satan. An inaugural party. Yeah. Or can we sacrifice something? That's not really what the Satanic Temple no, is about. But, but we can crown you. Oh, Oh, yeah. I'm done with that. Uh, if you're interested, <laughs> if you're <laughs> interested about modern Satanism, especially if you have no clue what I'm talking about, watch this movie. I think it's on Hulu. It's Not a banger though. 
It's interesting. No, it's I not, know everything I need to know from watching Silicon Valley. It's not a must see. My you? my 2019 watch list is huge, so put this one at the bottom, right? Not at the bottom. Well, not the bottom, but it's a documentary. Say you're I not make, you're not a doc guy. Say I can make time for 20 or 30. This probably ain't it. Right? No, no. Yeah, okay. Don't you don't have to. No. I don't know if I'll watch twenty or thirty movies in the next month. <laughs> you never know. Uh, <laughs> last <laughs> one. I got one left. One child policy. Wait, one child nation. Yes. No. Is it about China? I wrote down one child policy. Is that it one is child nation. The wrong. You're you're right. It's one child nation. I gotta <laughs> update my list here. China. China. That was yes. the working title. <laughs> <laughs> it's about China's one child policy. The Amazon Maybe Prime documentary, right? Yes. Okay. Did you watch this too? No, I just have heard about it. Uh, it's very good. Is it true that it's because of U.S. tariffs that they can't have those children? No. Is it because no. of Donald Trump? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did Donald Trump? I heard that he he started the one child he policy started it. to kill the Chinese babies. Yes, it's very true. Sounds right. Donald Trump is the one. Yeah. This movie, he has great power. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I would uh, liken it to The Act of Killing. Didn't That's see it. Bueller? Been on the list. You you actually haven't seen The, I need the to Act watch of it. Killing. I know. I need to watch you, it. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I the watched Act like five minutes and then I think Sarah came home and she was like, I don't want to watch something called The Life of Killing. The Act of Killing. The Act of it's Killing. It's one of the most like harrowing experiences i've ever had did you ever watch the look of silence yes i did not as good but very good and hard to watch it's similar to that it interviews people who lived in china during the time the filmmaker was one of two children even during the one child policy they had two children you gotta pay extra taxes for that right it's you don't want to know, dude. You gotta watch the movie to find out. It's more than that. It's fucked. Sophie's choice. It is very interesting because even though it was very clearly a very fucked up policy, there are a lot of people who still stand by it. They think it was what was right for the country, even if they don't believe that it was morally right. It's very interesting and it's hard to watch and emotional. I mean, overpopulation is a thing, right? Oh, there's like no. 1.3 billion people who live in China. It's not possible. Do they get into all? I'm assuming yeah. they do. Yeah, they can do it. Right for the material. <laughs> <laughs> they do broach that subject. Yes, it is uh, emotionally harrowing. It's very interesting. Uh, worth a watch. I didn't love it. It's not as good as the act of killing. If you're gonna like draw lines, One Child Nation is a 2019 movie. Yeah. So if you're in the cram jam. Like me There's and two cram jam. We're cram jammers. <laughs> Going on. Tom is a dad. Act of Killing is the best of decade cram. I would I would argue yes. The yeah. Act of Killing is the best of decade cram Are we jam. doing the best of decade? Of course we are. After the best of 2019. This is like late January. You have to. You don't have to cram though. You could just be like, oh, Thor Ragnarok, too. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to take it as serious as Matt and I. Are, <laughs> Me and Travis, though, we are gonna be. I like, promise you, Thor Ragnarok is number ten. I'm gonna be rewatching fucking The Master, Iron Man two, just to make oh, sure. Did I tell you, know you that I, mean? I just rewatched that Iron Man two? Yeah, really. Uh huh. I rewatched that, and I it was part of my whole like Marvel back catalog. Fill in the holes. Yeah, I think I'm up to Age of Ultron is probably what I watched next. Oh, that movie sucks. Or that no, I need to watch suck. the Avengers. I've never seen the Avengers. 
What? I watched about, what? I, I remember when it came out, I watched like half of it. How like, did you not see that in the said, theater? This is garbage. And then I no, there's no way it. that thought ran through your head. The yeah. Avengers, yes, no correct. way, yes. No, that thing was beloved when it came out. I mm-hmm. know, and I was, I was on an island. You can get through that first twenty minutes or so. It's a banger. Pretty sure I got through both. Dude, the first the first twenty minutes are good with Loki and the the time crystal. I don't even know it's anymore. Okay. Whatever that thing is, the Power Stone. Power Stone shows. Who cares? Iron Man oh, Two was. I forgot. Pretty good. Hey. Pretty good. Real quick. Pretty good. Sith Wayfinder. Gross. Uh, yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about that. <laughs> did we not? Did I? Yeah, because that's say. a MacGuffin. It's so stupid. There's so many but MacGuffins in that it. movie. It's just disgusting. The Sith Wayfinder. It's right up there with Unobtainium. There's two. There's two of them. There's only two. One was found. Other one got destroyed. Oh, but we still got the first one that was found by Kylo Ren, and we found it. Yeah, it's garbage. And then Iron Man 2. Yeah. That's a controversial opinion. I don't know if you if you know that. People hate Iron Man too. Well, they need to get over themselves. Mickey Rourke is is goofy as fuck in that movie, and yeah. I kind of I kind of like that. I liked it too. It's the worst Iron Man movie though. I haven't. It goes three, one, two. I don't really remember three. Three is the one with the Mandarin. First one's the best. No, three. Shane Black, dog. Shane Black. Orange. Shane Black can. Huh? The Mandarin. Yeah, that's the villain's name. I don't remember him. He's Guy Pierce in uh, Iron Man 3. Did you watch Iron Man 3? Yeah, but not forever. All right. Hey, I bought Alien Covenant for four bucks. Going to try and uh, force feed it. Oh, her. my God. <laughs> that movie sucks. <laughs> All right. Anything else you guys want to throw out before we uh, get her done? No. Oh, except so. what are we doing now? Okay. Christmas is nuts. Christmas well, that's, is next that's week. like three days from now. I know. Do you guys see the lineup for Christmas? Oh, the movies you're saying. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Duh. Cats. Um, we all know. Uh, Uncut Gems, obviously. Little on. Women, 1917. Little Women, 1917. Clemency is on the 27th. A Hidden Life, the Terry Malick movie. I hope it's coming here. Never heard of it. Yeah, you have. Come on. No. The Nazi movie. The Grudge. Ah, not interested. That's a January. What about that Blake Lively movie? That's January, I think that's January. too, right? That's a there's dump. so there's that's so much. They're dumping all the garbage in January. Yeah. Uh, okay, no, it's it's Little Women, Little Women, it's Uncut Gems, it's Cats, A Hidden Life. I no, did you I'm see Cats, Cats is re-releasing there? Yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing Cats. for you. Oh, oh, for oh, me too. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Tom, is that a question? You didn't mention it, so. Well, of course I'm going to be there first in line. Directed by Mindy's? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mindy's. I'm ready. Mindy's nuts. I'm ready. All right. Dunkirk 2.0. Let's let's wrap her up. That let's was a big it. one. But it's got to be. It's Star Wars. You know, these are always. Well, we haven't, we haven't recorded in about three events. weeks either. That's so. true. That's also true. So next episode, uh, technically, we could do a best of 2019. <clears throat> are we going to postpone to end of January, you think? Or... Well, what are we looking at here? Well, it would be like January 7th-ish. What about Portrait of a Lady on Fire? We're not going to get that? Oh, I guess next time we record would be like January 12th, right? Yeah, it's got to be that for me. January 12th? Or, you know, that weekend. Well, Well, I'll be coming back from my birthday weekend that Sunday, so that should work if we do like Wait, where are you going on your birthday? Bellingham. Oh, okay. 
That should work. Maybe Portrait of a Lady on Fire is on your parents' uh... fire stick. Yeah. We'll see. So things are up in the air. We'll see some more movies. Maybe we'll do a best of 2019. Maybe we'll postpone it. I will see Uncut Gems at least twice before we record next. Gotta see Star Wars another time. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I want to thank everybody for listening. Send us an email to Cinephiles Digest. It's end of year time. So let us know what your favorite movie is. Shout out to our number one fan, Kyle. Give Kyle. Him, giving some... Uh, interacting on Facebook. Giving some Mandy cred. Yeah, fuck. Kyle. Well, I'm all about it. Kyle. <laughs> what about our bro in Japan? What happened there? Uh, he stopped listening. He did? Well, I don't I don't see maybe Japan listening Maybe it's anymore. Kyle. Maybe he was off overseas. Maybe he's an expat. Was living in Japan and has now moved to wherever the fuck Kyle lives now. Maybe it maybe. was Anton Yedlin. Maybe, maybe it was. We don't know. Kyle, if you're listening, which I hope you are, oh, he is. <laughs> send us an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite movie of 2019 is because we are going to start that process. Oh, yeah. We want to hear what your favorite is, and we will read it on the show. Give us your top ten. Give us your top three. Choose wisely, Kyle. Whatever. Top one hundred. Will I read it? No, but you can send it. Oh yeah. I'll let you. I'll read to the viewers your top five or something. And we can best of decade stuff too. All of it. Let's do it. It's all. It's all coming. This offer stands only for Kyle. The time is now. Anyone else, if you're a listener and your name is not Kyle, unread. You're done. Don't even, don't bother. We're not reading that shit. Straight into the trash folder. Spam. Uh, but everyone who listens, thank you. Start submitting your picks for the best of the year. We will maybe read it on the next episode. Might be the one after that, but thank you all for listening. We will return shortly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Birdie. Just a sweet word.